Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Uh, we're joined today by our friends, Ron, new friend Ron and Brian from RT Machine Company. Oh, yeah. Welcome, guys. Hi. Glad nice to, to be back. Yeah, nice to yeah. be here. Meet you guys. Nice shop. Oh, thanks. Um, nice a, edge a, bander, huh? That is a nice edge <laughs> bander. <laughs> Very nice. It's a work in progress, the shop. The other equipment's okay, but that edge band is really yeah. nice. Uh, before we get too deep into it, we want to thank our sponsor, um, which I left my paper in the other room. Hey, Where, Fula, you want me to go get it? Uh, I think I, I got it right here. Uh, I should know it by heart now. I know, this looks LED. Uh, yeah, let's see. Hayfla offers a wide range of products <laughs> and solutions for the woodworking and furniture making industries. From hinges and drawer slides to connectors and dowels, Sandpaper, wood glue, shop carts, and everything in between. Exclusive product lines such as Looks LED lighting and Slido Slide door hardware, hardware ensure that every project you create is built to last. Learn more at Hayfla.com. That's it. Nice. Nice job. That's, good. That's what it's like being young. <laughs> yeah. I just had to get the beginning of it. The memory works a lot Those better. Those synapses are firing. I got to use them now because they're wearing out. That's for sure. Not, not getting or feeling any younger. Um, so yeah, thanks Hafla. We had a, we had a great time. We went out to the, um, the Manhattan showroom. Was it two weeks ago? I think it was only a week ago. Last week. Oh yeah. It must have uh, been. Yeah. And did an LED lighting class. Which yeah. Was, I heard you talking about cool. that on. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some lighting coming up. So, yeah. um, it was the, it was the, uh, the smoke day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was bad. Yeah. I was coming down through it. Yeah. Where were you on Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday, I was coming down from Plymouth, Massachusetts oh, into so you... Connecticut and uh, then the top tier of New York. So mm -hmm. it was. Was it worse up there? Oh, yeah. As soon yeah. as I hit like right at the edge of Connecticut and New York, it was, mm. it was pretty, mm. pretty thick. My yeah, favorite, Brian, just pull that mic. Uh, yeah. Just bring it out a little further. These are very directional, so if, um, if you talk like this, it's going to sound straight on. Um, yeah. So what do you guys want to talk about? I, I, we definitely want to know, you know, the history behind the company, you know, how you got started, um, maybe expand on, you know, what Brian talked about, what you guys are all about, so on and so forth. Well, I, I started right out of college. I uh, graduated and my father was working for a company called Carpenter's Machinery. Um, which, uh, he was an independent rep. He was on the road and I was helping him out. And when I was in college and it just kind of progressed and that they hired me. So I started out as a traveling salesman. I was covering Pennsylvania, New York, putting a lot of miles on. And, uh, back in 1999, they decided to become an auction company. Hmm. So I didn't want to do that. Hmm. I didn't fancy myself an auctioneer. And so I started my own company and, uh, started out with uh, basically a, about the size of a three-car garage, and the first truckload of machinery filled it up, and we were off and selling new and used equipment. Hmm. So we became real big in used equipment because that's what I did at the other company a lot. Um, and uh, we expanded at that facility in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, kept taking up more in space, more and more space. We had half of the complex uh, with equipment by the time we right. left. And then I think it was in 06, uh, we bought the building in Hughesville. And uh, moved everything up there and just, they told me I'd never fill it up 80,000 square feet. They said, <laughs> you'll 
you'll be renting part of this out. Uh, can't fill that up with all this equipment, but uh, Brian can tell you. <laughs> yeah, now we're, now we're looking to add on. <laughs> That's what we thought. We said 5,000 square feet. We're going to have to sub, you know, sublet this little spot. And right. The office where, you know, we can get somebody in there to use that. Yeah. Uh, it adds up fast. Oh, so. yeah. So, yeah, we just keep uh, adding to the company. And uh, I guess it was uh, Derek started with us, what? Almost six years. Six years ago. And started a service company, uh, which we needed for a long time, uh, depending on in- independence and separate reps. It just wasn't working. So uh, that's really expanded the company. Uh, we now, we operate that as a separate division. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, they must have seven or eight trucks and reps on the road, servicing equipment. It's a big part of our business now. Service is where it's at. Yeah. 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 Jo- was Josh, right? Yes. It was Josh great. came out. Yeah. yeah um, we've got some really good guys. That's, you know, how Brian got in here was more on, you know, we were looking for service on our old edge bander um, and unable to find anybody who would even be willing to really look at it. So, um, it's, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were, we were at a shop yesterday and Sanders perfectly fine. Um, you know, and if we were pushy salesmen, we would have just sold him a new one, but we're going to send a guy in there and fix it. I'm sure we can fix it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's a future sale though. Right. That's, 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 that's exactly that's what, what that we're is. all about. We're all about the future. It's not just here today and gone tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, we always need new stuff. We always want new stuff. Um, and, you know, we say it all the time, like we're, we always go back to the people and the, you know, suppliers that, you know, that we get a good feeling from initially. Right. It doesn't matter if we're buying something or just talk, just talking to people. Um, you know, you have so many negative interactions with people day to day, just, you know, calling, calling a place, trying to ask a question. And so when you get a, a good feeling, you know, typically, you know, you try and stick with those people because. Right. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for uh, relationships Mm -hmm. and building those relationships for the future. My son's involved in the business. So um, we feel like we're, and Brian's son, Derek is our Mm -hmm. service manager. So I I think we're positioned for the long term. Cool. Yeah. That's more like the European model looking, looking forward to, you know, a generation or two instead of, you know, the American model where it's quarterly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So really, you know, we're, we're really pushing the service uh, as, as a whole of not just our texts coming out, but it's just that pick up the phone, whatever, you know, problem you may be having, you know, and we can walk you through it because we have so many that have been in an industry, you know, and like myself and between service texts and, first-hand knowledge, you know, coming to the plate definitely uh, makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. And then we're looking at the processes. So, you know, where a lot of people might say, oh, you just need this. Well, I want to dig deeper and really spend your money wisely. Mm -hmm. You know, do we really need to do that? Or what is our alternative? And what is the real scope of what you're doing is, you know, 95% of the time you're, you're doing X, Y, Z. Does it make sense to have this other piece of equipment that you'd love to have it, but does it make it, you know, 
for profitability and Mm -hmm. really, and does it turn into a dust collector in the corner and right. You know, you got a big payment or something on, on something and it's just like, wow. (laughs) And you know, that's, it's vital for guys like us because you know, we're working our way up from the very bottom. You know what I mean? We, we (laughs) bootstrapped from as low as it gets. (laughs) So you know, we might get an idea in our heads like, oh, man, we need a flatbed CNC. You know, we'll just use that as an example. And, you know, you might come in and say, well, with having way more experience and we just have it stuck in our head. You know, we might go to machinery company X and they say, all right, here, we'll sell you this five by 10, whatever. And we talk to Brian and he'll say, well, really, you, know, you might be better off with whatever, a point to point CNC or right. something like that, rather than just converting the sale because we're already, we've sold ourselves on something, which, you know, it happens all the time. Um, and that's what we look for. Somebody who can steer us in the right direction. Well, and that's what we're trying to do is find out what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. so we can offer the right machine rather than just sell you what you want. Some people just want what they want. And at the end of the day, we'll sell them that, but, uh, <laughs> but we'd like to try to get involved in the mm-hmm. process. Yeah. I, we've said it, Half a dozen times on the on the podcast, the the service end and the relationship end of uh, your guys' business is what made us decide to, you know, invest in you guys. Yeah, I you appreciate know, that because that, that's what it is. It's an investment for oh, us, absolutely. Um, and it's already shown itself to be a good decision for us. Good, you know, and, great. and getting the edge bander up and running all the time that Brian spent here. Two real solid days. I mean, just right. working through the parts and mm-hmm. then <laughs> working through, then the connections, working through the saw start for the compressor. Yep. You know, without you, we don't get to Dan. We don't get that problem solved. Right. Right. So, well, and that's, that's part of what we're trying to promote and, Sometimes it's hard to get people to understand that. You can't overvalue that at all. I mean, it's it's so it's, integral, especially a small company. I mean, because otherwise it's downtime. Otherwise we have this edge band. There's brand new machines sitting over there that we can't use. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're we're finding it even in bigger companies because mm-hmm. they rely on us. Uh, we're, we're starting to get into putting lines together for the ah. big companies. We have the ability to draw the the whole system from beginning to end and the CAD drawing and show them how it's going to fit in their plant. We have the people that can come in and put it in. I mean, we, we've gone to the point of taking a complete optimizing cutoff saw system from one plant in Kentucky and then reinstalling it in another plant in Virginia. Customers didn't do anything. We, we handled the <laughs> trucking, the rigging. We, we, those guys can do it all. That's sweet. Yeah. What would you say like the most unique machine that's ever come through? Well, that's a tough one. Um, I'm sure there's been a lot. Yeah, there's been a lot of st- we we try to stay away from things that we don't know what they are, or what mm-hmm. they do. I think probably the most unique one was a little. It made little pucks. Uh, it was a little rotary shaper thing, and nobody really knew what it was. And we figured it out. We sold it and went to Sri Lanka. Huh. Um, kind of a weird one. Um, you know, we got we got one. I bought a. I've been at this a long time, and back in the old days, we used to go to furniture factories, and they would have what they call a carton layback machine. Take a piece of furniture, and it it would have uh, runners on the bottom. That's how you drug it around the plant. Well, when you go to box it up, you kind of got to get them off and put the box around. So we had a machine that would actually lay it back, take them off, finish up the box, and ship it. 
So I bought one one day. We're living in the stone age over yeah. here. <laughs> I bought one one day and, and my son comes to me and says, what in the heck is that? And then uh, luckily for me, I sold it like two weeks later. So but, yeah, we, I've seen a lot of machines around. I saw on your guys' Instagram uh, an Oliver Dowell, like a Dow making machine. Yes. Which I always figured they were made sort of in that fashion, but I never actually saw a machine that made them. Yeah, it takes a square and turns it into a round mm -hmm. at a high rate of speed. Yeah. It's just a rotary head in there that just goes around like that, a circle. So it's one way to um, capture your waste into a saleable product. Yeah. You know, it's a nice little add-on. Somebody's mm -hmm. saying, we always have this one-inch piece coming off. You know, we don't want to turn it into junk, and it can actually go right to that machine and yeah. turn it into something, you know. Yeah, I've got a whole pile of we have firewood, pine cutoffs back there. <laughs> <laughs> you could have really nice, smooth firewood with the dash. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> a nice round firewood. So, yeah, how's the, uh, so we uh, have the contest with the Strebig. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, excited about that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, Colonial Saw, they're giving away, nobody else enter. <laughs> we don't want any competition. We're going to enter a uh, a five by ten Strebig. Was it compact? Compact. Yep. With the digital readout, and so it's a you know a vertical panel saw. Very cool. Oh, very cool machine. Yeah, Strebig's the leader in vertical panel saws. We we'd love to have a pile of used ones, but we just you can't find them. It's just nobody's getting rid of them these days. I think Corey said what the one shop he worked in had like six of them or something. Yeah, he's. He's got an interesting uh, background, I'll say, history. He's, he's run across a lot of stuff in his short time. Yeah. Yeah, I forget how many Martin sliders yeah. he said that they had. That, did you ever get out there to, to see him in Patchogue? Or? Not yet, but uh, he's on the list to get over there. Yeah. He's in the market for uh, a uh, wide belt sander. He's looking at the Cantec, but I'm sure he could be... Persuaded in a different different direction, just as we were with the edge banner. We're like, yeah, you know, we'll probably just get one of these Cantex. Oh, you're looking at the Cantex, and yeah, initially that because you know we wanted pre milling. Pre milling was like the, the must have feature was pre milling, and we were just looking at basically bottom line for price. We're like, this is the cheapest machine with pre milling that you can get. Um, but then like talking to Brian and doing some research on our own, talking to some people that have the machines, you know, you, you get what you pay for. So, right. You want to spend 28,000 or do you want to spend double? Whatever? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the nature of the edge bander. And if you've ever seen an edge bander and all the little things that are in there moving, it's like, uh, um, it's like a Rube Goldberg. A lot, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot going on in an edge bander. Yeah. And, you know, you talk to people who run, you know, huge six-figure edge banders, and they're like, they're all like this. They're yeah. all yeah. finicky. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> We're very careful on buying used ones. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got to be a very late model one. It's got to be very clean because mm -hmm. we can lose money in a, in a hurry on a, a used edge yeah. bander. And trust me, we've done it. I'm yeah. curious if uh, the guy that bought ours has used it. Well, it fell off the truck when yeah. he was getting it, so I he, oh, they dropped it. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, if um, it was a 
was a newer machine, it probably would have fallen apart. But luckily, the thing was like a tank. Yeah. What, what kind was it? It was a 1996 KD68 Optimat. Oh, okay. And uh, Brian was very diplomatic when he came out to see it. <laughs> so well, I try think? to be. You know? So what do you think, Brian? We could fix this up, right? Well, <laughs> well, I did, didn't I? I laid out, yeah. you know, yeah. hey, you guys could wrestle this thing a little bit, and you know, you never know what anybody's yeah. uh, capabilities are, you know, <laughs> and uh, or some most guys, you know, with couple man team, you know, they they just want to run. They don't, yeah, they don't want to be wrenching on something as well because you know, there's your, oh uh, yeah all your profit going out the door and, and, you know, as well as I do with the plywoods and everything today, you don't want to be uh, tearing no. up material that you don't have to. And mm-hmm. it's a multi-step process to replace a piece. Yeah. Once it gets to the edge bander. Yeah. Yes. Um, then you do know. you cut, you know, I'm going to cut two extra parts of every part. Yeah. And then, you know, you're talking about more material, more time, more stuff to keep track of. Yeah, absolutely. Can't so, do that. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you guys win the uh, streaming. <laughs> You'll be <able> to- <laughs> we'll, clear, we'll clear a spot right out for it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> we just got to get that three-phase power over to wherever. We can do that. We know an electrician. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're in the circle now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just perform our own unlicensed uh, <laughs> electrical work. The yeah. RT circle. We keep that's right. <laughs> keep our resources. We'll that's it. It's all <laughs> you just need a phone call. I was like, uh, uh, back in the eighties when I lived in Brooklyn, um, I had you know my my uncles were all connected, so if whatever I needed, I would just make a phone call. Like mm-hmm. you know, back then, you had to have like a like you could get your vehicle inspected. You just get like a sticker, you know, just like yeah, little oh, things, yeah. you know, <laughs> little things. So my girlfriend at the time, she would say, I don't really like this whole thing till she needed something. And she's like, Oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. You just, you're, you make, you're connected. You make that phone call and it's like something can happen. Nice you're in the family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to repay that favor someday, though. All right. <laughs> hey, remember that inspection sticker way back? <laughs> oh, man. That was when I, when I moved out to California one time. I didn't have a license because through this bad set of circumstances my license got revoked and i couldn't get a new one they yeah so i needed to rent a truck so i you know through this these phone calls i said just show up here tell them who you are i'll give wow. you a truck wow that's nice <laughs> better be careful with him Brian. <laughs> <laughs> do stuff like that anymore i don't think you know life is i'm simple. sure it goes well on. yeah <laughs> yes for for me you know all my relatives have aged out of the system yeah <laughs> <laughs> full-on retirement that's right that's yeah. right that's um, funny but it's always good to know people as they say mm-hmm. so what have you been up to brian since you since we last heard from you Oh my, the last few weeks I've been, feels like all over the country, but uh, yeah. from up in Massachusetts to Connecticut and back into New York and Jersey and trying to uh, 
service everybody we can and track down our leads. So it's been, uh, yeah, you got a pretty big territory. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoy actually being, uh, you know, a lot of people say, boy, do you like the driving? I said, I actually love it. Hmm. You know, it's, you get all over and you know, it's getting into all different shops. We get a lot of windshield time. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Last week, I think I did like 40 hours within till like Wednesday night, you know, for the, midweek, just early mornings to evening, but try to make the most of your time, you know, in the operating hours of the businesses. So you do all the oddball driving. What do you, what do you listen to when you're out on the road? Well, the uh, Green Street Joinery podcast, <laughs> you know, that's, that's one of them. There's, there's a company, that's, man. That's, that's a must, once a week, right? <laughs> it's a nice little tick in the, the uh, downloads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a combination, you know. Yeah. You, know you listen to a couple news channels till you get, you know, you want to jump off a bridge, listen to those. Oh, you, God, yeah. You switch into whatever playlist and, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah, hit turn a, them off after a while. Yeah. yeah. Rob and I got into a good, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I was thinking to bring it up. Yeah. So it's a, I don't know what you would call it. It's like a, I guess it's like a podcast production company called Wondry, W-N-W-O-N-D-R-Y, I believe. And they, ha- they have a bunch of different shows. I listened to one that was like on the Cold War. And then um, Rob and I listened to one on Prohibition. So it was like a six episode, like real deep historical dive on huh. prohibition. Like, and they get, you know, you learn stuff that it's like, well, yeah. you know, like you always say, it's like, we didn't teach us this in history class. And it's like the whole show is like that. And I got a degree in history. Uh-huh. <laughs> and every five minutes I'm going, huh. Yeah. <laughs> <wasn't in> the <laughs> book. When the history teachers say, hey, yeah. oh, is that right? It's just done really well too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's some narration. It's some sort of like skits. It's, it's really well done. Yeah. yeah. And the, you know, the audio production is really high quality. Um, what was it? The prohibition one. They're like, yeah, you know, prohibition, it like lowered the drinking, the consumption of alcohol in the U S by like 15%. Or something. It's like they completely outlawed alcohol and it only dropped 15%. Right. Yeah. Right. You're like, wow. Good work. Yeah. Then it had all these other effects and then the relationship between, Mob. Uh, yeah, the mob yeah. and the, the women's right to vote. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was all, the, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think when, when the uh, prohibition was in, rea- enacted, they were they were uh, having parties. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, at, to drink at, up at all midnight, the... they're like, we're, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. game on. Business is going to be booming now. Oh, you yeah. know? It was like, it's like anything, you know, all the people who had money, they yeah. had their alcohol. They, you know, they stocked up prior to the, um, you know, whenever the ban went into effect because they had some time leading up to it. Um, so, yeah, they had cases and cases, you know, of alcohol. Yeah, because I guess it wasn't illegal to drink it. Like, if you're at home, you can drink. It's just you couldn't sell it. You couldn't make it or what? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't yeah. remember the exact specifications, but there are plenty of loopholes if you actually had a sp- you know, a stockpile of, of, you of could booze. go to the doctor too and get a prescription for alcohol. Oh, yeah. really? So you're like, yes. yeah, doc, I'm having headaches. I can't sleep. And they're like, okay, I'll give you a prescription for whiskey. Yeah, that's, well, that's going on now with the marijuana stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. How about yeah. a handle of whiskey a week? How about yeah. that? You know, yeah. 
And then they had to, I think what they, they banned the alcohol as a prescription. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, it was obviously there was being abused. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They were just tracking it that well. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to listen to the one we listen to these when we're doing the Hamptons run usually because we can get in like four, five, six episodes. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> back uh, to back. So you keep the yeah, story going. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. You know, that's what's really good about it on the on the long run. I, I want to listen to the one on the depression. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We started the civil rights one I yeah. think, on the way back from the getting the compressor, but we never finished that. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time coming back from the Hamptons, we listened to one that was about corruption in new york state oh man and it was like what like the late 90s or early yeah, it was, uh, no, uh, mid 2000 spitzer silver yeah, and um what was the b joe Less? bruno or something bruno like that. yeah huh it was like within six months four uh I've, i don't know what they were attorney generals or something yeah one was they were like the 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 leaders of the opposing parties oh, yeah, and yeah. the governor. So they were like the three most powerful people in New York as far as government, you know. They all went down on federal corruption charges within six months. <laughs> wow. All on unrelated, unrelated things. But. That's hard to believe. New yeah. York in a corruption. Yeah, yeah really. You know, yeah. And who would have thought? Yeah, there was like all the infighting too that was going on. It was, so it was inter- really interesting and it's kind of infuriating to like hear like all these, you know, like you, when you, when you're just a guy on the street, you know, there's corruption, but then when you hear the detailed stories, it just makes you mad, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're like grinding away at work all day. And then you hear about like, Oh yeah. yeah Joe know. Bruno used the, you know, New York state helicopter 462 times for personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They make these companies hire their kids or they're not going to, you know, pass the legislation, which isn't bad enough. And then they go, uh, you're going to have to give my kid a raise, even though he's got a no show job. I, right. He's, he's not making enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, crazy. Was Elliot Spitzer was like client 49 or something. <laughs> you know, he was seeing prostitutes and that, that's why he yeah. resigned or whatever. Yeah. Huh. He, he was, you know, he came into office as like the, taking the moral high ground. He was going to rid the, the governor's office of corruption and everything. And he's involved in this whole call girl thing. Isn't that the way it always works? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He who smelt it, dealt it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, tell us why you guys want your, uh, would like to win this Strebig. Oh man. What's it going to do to help you out? Well, first off, um, uh, if, I don't know if we said it on air or, or in our uh, just earlier discussion. Our panels, not not our panels, our sliding, sliding table saw is not in the best condition. Um, so we really need something that will help us break down sheet goods, mm-hmm. you know, easily, accurately, with repeatability. I mean, all the things that a cabinet shop Needs. wants to do yeah. with sheet mm-hmm. goods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, you know, we have the Sahisa Edge Banner now. It's like the, the slider is really the weak link mm-hmm. in the whole um plywood and she she could um operation here you know is is that initial breaking it down on the slider is i mean there's just so many things with that slider um not being able to lock the table back and just not having 
<laughs> stops that work <laughs> properly. I mean, it things a mess. It, 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 yeah, uh, you know, that's what the, happens the when you buy something sight unseen. Not locking and you're yeah. chasing the panel around on yeah. the yeah. Oh, yeah. back. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I don't know what a sheet of three quarter melamine weighs, but it's heavy and it's hard to Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to get it on there without it's exhausting. It really is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah going into, you know, a five by nine. The scoring blade motor is like <laughs> it's it's wheezing. Yeah. It's mm. wheezing, yeah. Uh, it goes through belts. What's that uh door project you got going on out there would that be lend itself to it well well yeah like yeah like you were saying you could actually so you know build the doors a little bit oversized and put them on there and get your you know square them up yeah because usually we go to the the track saw for something like that Mm -hmm. Um, we just built those barn doors and that's what we had to do Um, yeah and you know you're talking about cutting with a i don't even know what that makita track saw was it a one third horsepower, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's two batteries. Yeah, versus a. Yeah, it's thirty six uh-huh. volts. <laughs> versus five, you know, five horsepower on that that street big. Yeah, um, yeah. I I like the idea of the orientation of the stock, mm-hmm. you know, and moving, you know, the the cutter, so to speak, instead of the, right the trying to pass the material through. Yeah, you're utilizing the accuracy the salt to yeah. keep everything straight and square um, right <clears throat> and we just started getting into mosaic software which speaks to machinery yep yeah you can bring your cut list and everything right to it mm-hmm. you know so you can kind of preempt what you're doing and mm-hmm. i believe actually in there too they they do a thing for the sliders that they have yeah so mosaic has an optimizer and you can choose what type of machine you're using so there is a, a panel saw um, option. I'm not sure. I guess it, you know, it just breaks them down differently, you know, mm-hmm. knowing how that they, op- how it operates versus a slider. Yeah. Cause you're typically working top down for the most part or, mm-hmm. you know, or going into a cross cut depending on how, you, yeah. you know, I'm a big fan of a lot of the stuff coming from a cross cut if it lends itself, you know, especially with cabinet sides and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, makes it just easier to handle and, and uh, not moving the panels so many times. So you think on a regular cabinet job, how many, how many rips did you do before you got into your cross cuts? When we did those, um, the bookcases that, that we edge banded when we set up the edge bander, it was 26 sheets oh. all ripped at, at, uh, was it 18 and we had that mm-hmm. left over? Yeah. So two, Rob's two back just said, no. <laughs> it was, it was, decompressed right from it that. Was, it was <laughs> all Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was heavy. You just manhandle the panels up onto your slider now? What I like to do is, so I'll pick them up with the forklift and I oh, drive okay. the forklift right to, you know, the very back of the, um, the sliding table and I'll have it at the height where I can just drag it on there. And it works pretty good, but, yeah. you know, you hate to drag that stuff around when That's it's pretty finished. That's the thing, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's a big, big benefit that you're not, especially with these exotics and stuff that are we're dealing with now, you know, much more heavy wood grains and things, and you don't want to be getting the, you know, cross-cutting and grooving, yeah. you know, the bottom of the panel. Spinning and it around, even, you know, go from <clears throat> rip to cross-cut. You got to turn that sheet around and yeah. there's like a little jag or something on the 
on the well, you don't realize how yeah. many steps you're doing of running around the back of the saw. <laughs> That's right. You know, so then you think, oh, did I just set that right? Now you're yeah. running back to the fence side of the saw. You know, so there's there's a lot of benefits that. Oh yeah, it's all front loaded, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and you're. Yeah, like if I so like let's say I'm I'm cutting cabinet sides for like a kitchen. So you rip it to 24 or whatever, and then you want to cross cut to 31. Well, that first cross cut, you know, I want to use the, I don't want to use the fence as my stop because the last piece is going to be awkward to cut. You know, you can use it as a bump stop, but I hate setting the fence, uh, you know, the rip fence and the, um, the wing fence, whatever you want to call it on the sliding table, trying to set them as the same thing, you know, so that I can get my first cut with the bump stop on the rip fence mm-hmm. and then finish it. So now I have to cut that piece oversize. I got to turn it around and I got to, you know. So yeah. Whereas becomes, you have your four by eight yeah. on, if it's a four by eight panel, you're cutting your, you can leave the excess right on the machine and then go to the mid fence. Um, and now you're, now you're working at, you know, a level where you're not having to bend down or what have you mm-hmm. and knock that panel down into whatever sizes you're doing and then just keep going with your panel without having to, so you're, you're really getting it to a point where you're, you're just lifting off the small pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, right. depending on what the job is. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that machine's got, it's got a lot of cool stuff to it. It has that little bearing that goes over so you can do repeatable rips. You know, you could, yep. you could uh, set it to whatever, say four inches and, and just keep referencing the top and go down to, you know, get consistent rips and, even just like has little wipers on the bearings that go around mm-hmm. the bearings on, on the axes that keep the dust from getting inside. Yeah. They pretty cool. thought of a lot of stuff that's, you know, yeah. just makes for that daily maintenance and it's not, not hindering the uh, machine as you're going. Mm-hmm. It, right. It's a precision instrument. It's not, oh, it's it, not absolutely. the thing that you see at the lumber yard. Well, and that's what everybody always thinks, right. you know, first off. Yeah. It's, it's definitely uh precision for sure. Yeah, it's not like a, a six and a quarter inch Makita circular saw just like bolted to some, some round frame. With no stops, I mean, yeah. no hold downs, just yeah. let it rip. There's well, a video. Safety's one of the big things as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're not, you're not getting your hands anywhere near a blade. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, going through it. So it's, that's a big key factor. And, you know, because everybody, and the more you get fatigued through the day, oh, yeah. that, can percentage can climb, you know, Yeah, you know? Yeah. You know, and cutting anything on the slider, like more narrow than say four inches, it gets real yeah. dicey with the, the dust shroud and, you know, it gets, starts getting into the rip fence and, you know, we don't have a riving knife and the, the rip fence is, you know, they seem shorter than like on a normal cabinet saw. Um, so just like on that outfeed, you just always, you're expecting something to catch, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of a little slower than just a typical table saw on a slow rip. If you're doing it on the slider, mm-hmm. whereas this it's right there in front of you and the dust collection, that's the other thing. A lot of people don't realize that dust collection is, is fantastic because it's all encapsulated, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have very little. So just your working atmosphere of not having to breathe, you know, a lot of that material. That's pretty cool. Cause on the slider, a lot does come off the top of the saw. Oh yeah. 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 And you know, let's say you need to take four inches off of a sheet with the panel saw. You're just taking, you know, you're just taking this little <laughs> with, 
the slider, you're pushing 44 inches on the, on the other side. <laughs> right. You have to Makes move you around. not want to do it. Right. <laughs> it's like, is there a, do I have a small piece laying around the shop? Is there another way I can do this? Exactly. Instead of dragging but it, it. It turns it into a chore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to you're do trying it. Trying to muscle this. this whole sheet just to take, you know, a little a piece of toe off of it. Yeah. Uh, I like the, I mean, to me, my, Thing. I, I haven't used a panel saw a great deal. I started in my little shop, breaking down, you know, sheets with just a circular saw until I could get them, you know, onto my little table saw, my unisaw. Yep. So just the, I've, I've never, I haven't used it enough to be comfortable with the body positioning on the, on the panel saw. Right. I know people swear slider. by it on the slider. On the slider. slider yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, it, it just feels awkward to me. Yeah. There's, you know, you have that extension on the side that you can't you know, stand where you would typically stand mm-hmm. on the cabinet. So, and that overarm blade guard, that, that shroud is like, <laughs> it's huge. You mean you take the factory supplied, uh, blade guard off of your sauce? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> never does that. that. Never, <laughs> never saw that. And those little anti-kickback, uh, things. I swear it's safer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In some ways that, you know, I think it is for an experienced, um, person, you know, if you were, if someone was, was to come in and, and put all those on the saws on the cabinet saws overnight, we'd probably be less safe trying to work on the saws. Right. Than, I mean, we had, I mean, uh, our habits and everything like that are, are tuned into there not being a guard, you know, using push sticks and push blocks and, you know, not taking silly chances, putting your fingers too close to the blade and all this other stuff. Well, and that's, that kind of lends into, you know, with the safety, but also slowing your production down because mm-hmm. you're concentrating on that. Then you're also trying to think of what my, what was my last measurement that I was doing, you know? So <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. Where was I? And that, how many times you go check your fence again, just cause you oh, were yeah. doing something else and walked away from it. And where's that piece of wood? I had that measurement yeah. written down on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's me. <laughs> and then if I get interrupted, forget it. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> then, then I'm shot. You know, it's like, I, as long as I can get in my little zone and go, all right, 26 and 7 eighths cut that. Then I got my 13 and 15 sixteenths coming up. And, you know, you're just talking to yourself mentally. Yeah. And you can, you do it. But then you're like, hey, Rob, can you help me lift this? Yeah. It's like, what the heck was I doing? I got four pieces standing up against the wall. What was I cutting, you know? Yeah, that's the worst thing about the slider is, you know, I might have, like I was saying, we did that job, 26 sheets. So now I have 50, 54 <laughs> 18 inch rips that are stacked up before I can start cross cutting stuff. Right. It's it crazy. Yeah. So yeah, t- tremendous benefits with it. Yeah. Not sure. only the accuracy, just everything we just talked about that, you know, makes a whole world of sense. Plus the safe, the, the space savings, you know, which mm-hmm. everybody has a premium oh, yeah. of that anymore, you know? Yeah. Easy use safety. Yeah. You know, those are, you don't you don't talk about those things. They're not as glamorous as uh, some of the other things, but uh, they're right at the very top of what you need to do to run yeah. a business like yeah. this. Yeah, I saw you. You have a salt stop out there talking oh, about yeah. safety. Yeah. yeah, you guys just became. Yeah, we just became a dealer for them. We it's, love uh, salt stop. I mean, we even have a 
we've used it two or three times, but we even have the little job site. So yeah, oh, do you? that we keep in the van. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, can't beat it. No. Gotta keep those fingers. I noticed you guys have all of yeah, them. That's yeah. when you're likely to do something sketchy, you know, on the job. On the job exactly. Yeah. 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 I could just inch this a little bit. Yeah. You know, you're over here, you're in a controlled environment. On the job site, you're, when that saw comes out, it's because something, you know, didn't quite go as planned. Yeah, <laughs> right. 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 We have to rip something on site. Yeah. Yeah. Something's not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they've really taken over the table saw market. You know, little unisaws, like you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, can't, you can't really no. get rid of them anymore. We don't buy them. Um, we've been saying this ever since we got it. Uh, we have the industrial. Um, it's a it's a better saw regardless of the safety features. Yeah. Um, it gets a lot of flack from, you know, like experienced professional guys. They're like, oh, I don't need that. Well, you know, you mm-hmm. should be able to pay attention, blah, blah, blah. Even if it didn't have that, the build quality on that saw, it's it's yeah. way better than that Unisaw. It is. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. Um, and it's not like... Uh, uh, for me, it's the old school, like, oh, man, I don't want to be the chump that sets off the thing, <laughs> and then it costs us a hundred and whatever dollars to re- to do it, and then the blade is probably shot, you know? So it's not like you're cavalier running the saw stuff. Right. <clears throat> you're crazy if you're doing that. Yeah. yeah. You don't really want to test it. No. <laughs> Who would do that? No. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, if you know, if they came out with a car that, you know, you could... And it, you couldn't get hurt in a crash. Would you say, yeah, go I don't need that. going to go running into a wall. Yeah, I don't <laughs> crash my car. Well, you might. <laughs> you know, somebody yeah. might crash into you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know. You know? There's like yeah. a machismo uh, thing about it where yeah. it's like, oh, I don't need that safety feature. But hopefully we don't need it either. But exactly. in the event yeah. that we do. That was always a little bit unexpected. I didn't understand that there would be people out there. It sort of made fun of the the safety mechanisms. Yeah, I never, I didn't hear that. I never heard that before, so I'm surprised. Yeah. You know, maybe not the, the safety mechanism, making fun of the people who use them. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. As being less than, you know, in some capacity because you have it. Well, yeah. I think a lot of that old mentality is fading. <clears throat> yeah. Most people are dying off, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, the thing about safety is you don't know you need it until you need it. Yeah. A, I told the guys they were talking, we don't make them wear safety shoes around the shop, but mm-hmm. now they are. Uh, and one guy goes, well, we haven't had a problem. Yeah, you don't have a problem until you have the problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now we won't know if we would have had a problem because right. you're just going to drop something on your foot and be fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's funny because, you know, being all the years in the shop, I'm so in tune. I still wear my steel toes and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, outside just doing stupid stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, uh, it was funny because Derek years ago, he had a landscape business when he was a kid and I always made him wear steel toes and stuff. Well, and he was, he was down at the one Marina cutting with, uh, one of the big, uh, weed whackers, but with the saw blade on it. Oh, shit. And he was cutting down all these saplings and stuff. Well, and the one day the grass was a little wet in the morning and he slipped, fell back. The saw blade bounced off the steel toe. Oh, my God. And, you know, that was a good lesson at 13, yeah. 14 years old. Oh, yeah. That, wow, dad's 
actually pretty right on this kind of stuff because <laughs> yeah. you never know. We we were just driving down. I, I watched this guy with a with a walk behind zero turn mowing in flip flops. Oh, <laughs> and I just I just cringe every time I see that kind of stuff. It's yeah. like the guys that are riding their motorcycle in shorts. Yeah. Uh, I might have. I might have been. <laughs> you might have done it. You might, might have, have fell that into guy. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, if you if you ever seen some road rash. Oh, I've had oh. it too. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's not fun. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was uh, in a motorcycle accident. I was in a, hit by a car head on. Oh wow! And a, a helmet saved my life. Oh, absolutely. So uh, I've always been a believer in the helmet. Hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. it just the simplest bang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Your head hitting the pavement's not going to end well. No. <laughs> never does. No. And the way people drive, you know. That's it. It's not the biker. It's the it's the person in the car. Yep. Absolutely. Watch what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no respect for the, for the biker out here at all, I noticed. No. Um, and it's getting worse. Yeah. yeah. You know, because people just don't understand. You know, not at all. I think the bikers out here too, though, are a little bit less than courteous. I'd say. Oh yeah, so. that, I was on the Garden State the other day, and uh, um, I was prepared for. But these two guys on on little, uh, you know, uh, crotch rocket style bikes, <laughs> they they split lanes between. I'm in the I'm in the slow lane with the wife, and they split lanes between me and a like a van. Yeah, I was on my way here, uh, might have been Monday, you know, 6.15 in the morning. And there's, you know, there's not congestion, but there's like a, a little bit of traffic, you know, people going to work and stuff, people that commute into the city, I guess. Um, guy on a big Harley, like a, you know, full, full dresser. Yeah, splitting lanes, you know, up Highway 36, 6.15 in the morning, like, you know. Yeah, I... In California, I was a big lane splitter. You ever, you ever find that all these things come back to haunt you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, look at that asshole go. Yeah. <laughs> Made now, sense. Made sense back then, younger. you were that asshole. Exactly. <laughs> I used to laugh when I would go down the block setting off car alarms. You, yeah, like, remember yeah. those days? Because like, hmm. you, you could go down those narrow streets on your bike and you'd leave a trail of car alarms going off. <laughs> now, yeah. these I'm people. Like, Talking while they walk past my house. Exactly. <laughs> I am, Keep I it am, down. I'm a grumpy old man. <laughs> hey, you kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> that, when I was a teacher, I used to catch myself doing that stuff all the time. You know, like, effing <laughs> kids. I'm like, all right, count to 10 because you were twice as bad as that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Isn't it funny how the tides turn? Yeah. yeah it's. it's it is. It's a strange phenomena. Yeah. But it's it's healthy if you catch yourself, you know what I mean? Right. You, you can laugh at yourself a little bit and go, yeah. Yeah, I was that yeah. guy. No, that, that was me on that end. Now it's me on this end. Yeah. yeah right. Some things never change. No. No. <laughs> yeah. Get wiser. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully we all uh, can uh, get old and remain healthy and you know, live through that change, that the arc of life. <laughs> it's a little slower <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That is slow. Yeah. You get more deliberate. I found that that's the way I would put it. Like um, I have to be more deliberate as I'm 
aging. Yeah. Um, and Jeff's yeah. still in that. Uh, I don't know what you guys are kind of talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Jeff's, I'm pretty old. He's uh, an old soul. Yeah. Jeff's yeah. an old soul. He's he's young, but uh, he gets it. <laughs> I got all the I got all the youth out of me a long time ago. Because <laughs> you know when you work when you come from a place where you work growing up, yeah, it's it's different than if you just hit the working world after you've like graduated college or something. You know, right? Uh, Jeff's one of those that's worked his whole life before, before you get working age. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling too well. Yeah, yeah. you know. A lot of, got a lot of miles. Yeah, working in the restaurant industry and stuff like that. That'll teach you some good work ethics too, you know. Yeah, it's always hustle and bustle. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, and then there's all the partying that goes along with it. So it's like, <laughs> you do both of those at the same time, I just reach the point where it's like, okay, I'm burnt out. Like, yeah. you now. Decide <laughs> to go it. with the work part instead yeah. of the party part. Exactly. That's, you packed the fun yeah. meter. Yeah. 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 yeah, because you can't, you can't keep up anymore. Yeah. And you see, you know, you know, if you go out to like bars and restaurants, you see these guys who are career, like a career bartender, a guy in his like late forties, early fifties or something. You're like, you man, 60. You, yeah, <laughs> you've had a hard run at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we did get a couple questions. Um, oh, cool. From some people. Let's see. Uh, I have them here in my, took some screenshots. Um, so this, we have two from our buddy, Corey. That's the guy in Patchog. Um, I'll, I'll just read both. Uh, what do you look for in used machinery before you buy them? And what's the process of fixing up a used machine that you guys plan on selling? Well, you know, every machine is going to be different, but when we go out and look at a machine, we know the wear points, like on a gang rip saw, I, I always walk up to it and open up the little door and I stick my hand in there and I feel the pins. Um, you know, we ask questions of the previous owner, hoping we get an honest answer. Right. You know? Um, so it's, it's all about the condition, what we can see, what we can find out about if we can see it run, things like that. It's, mm -hmm. uh, and we make mistakes, you know, mm -hmm. we've, Don't we all. Uh, and we've had a lot of people tell us it's a great machine. It works great every day. And we get it home and we plug it in and it won't even come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we bought two of those. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, and I, I would think uh, a buyer, a customer like yourself that would be looking at a used machine, it, it comes, it, if, if you're going to do the smart thing, in my opinion, you would buy it from somebody like us who, yep. who does test it out, does guarantee it, does su supply the support for the machine. Believe me, we looked when we were in the market, but sliding table saws apparently. Yeah. Very hard to come by. Yeah. A lot of people buy at auction and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, you're you're kind of, up, it's on your own to go out and inspect the machine. Um, but or, these or days, like these days a lot of them are online and they just sit there and click the button and they get mm -hmm. what they get. That's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in our process with uh, selling used machines, it's, it's it, you know, we always tell people we'll buy, we, we'll sell it to you any way you want it. Mm -hmm. We'll sell it to you as is where we just guarantee that it's a, uh, Altendorf sliding table saw. Mm -hmm. And that's all I guarantee. And from there you're on your own and you got 30 days to bring it back. You know, that's kind of mm -hmm. the standard. Um, to the point where we'll just clean and check it, where we tell you what we found. It needs a bearing here. It needs a electrical component there. And we tell you what's wrong with it. And you buy it that way. Where we do the completely refurbish where we bring in the shop. Everything's gone through, fix what needs fixed. And, and we guarantee it's operation when it goes out. Mm. 
we have a full shop, uh, technicians, uh, we power machines up right now. We're in the process of rebuilding a, uh, what they call a Harlan laminator. It's a high speed top and bottom paper laminator. Uh, new ones probably cost three, $4 million. Oh my God. And, uh, wow. the guys are tearing it right down to the frame, sandblasting and repainting and, we actually modified the machine. We actually mm-hmm. upgraded the machine while we're doing it and put all new electronics on it. Um, I think it's a 10 or 12 month project that we put wow. So uh, we, we have guys that can do just about anything. That's an amazing amount of knowledge to be yeah. able to do something like that. Yeah. Cause you know? there's, I mean, how many machines are there like that out there at any given time? Well, there's, I, I don't know how many are in operation, uh, but there's, I only know of one other one for sale and I actually have that one too, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's not a lot and there's not a lot of companies that can do what, what we're doing to the machine. Right. Yeah. So when there's so few of them, I mean, the, now the, the number of people who have knowledge is, is, you know, so much smaller than something like a Correct. cabinet saw. That's know? right. Yeah. Most of the people that have knowledge of those are the ones that are using them every day, but they're mm-hmm. not going to help the next guy. Mm-hmm. And the, the company that we're doing this for actually has like four of these things now, wow. but uh, they don't have time to rebuild it on their own. So they're, we're kind of doing it at their direction. They want it to look this way, do that. And, and they're working right partners, you know, we're hand in hand with mm-hmm. them. They're coming in next month to do a progress yeah. inspection. Wow. That, that's pretty amazing. Cause you guys are doing this on one hand, you know, this multi-million dollar venture. And then, you know, you're working with people like Jeff and myself, right. you know, two guys on Main Street, Keensburg. That's right. And we, we, you know, so I told somebody the other day, we'll do anything from selling a table saw to a machine that's bigger than your house. You know, like yeah. this, that, that laminator, for instance, like, what is that? Probably a hundred feet long. Yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> and then just the sheer height of the machine, mm-hmm. you know. It's it, a building. It, yeah. Yeah. Kinda. It really is. Yeah. And then when you get in all the, you know, safety walks, the crossovers, you know, that, that are attached to this whole machine, it's it's pretty pretty incredible. We'll get you some good pictures of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah with oh, a person yeah. so you, we can see the scale. Yeah, yeah. might be able to get it diagonally in the shop, maybe. <laughs> what's what's the, the hypotenuse on a 70? You guys got to make a field trip up to see us. It's, yeah, uh, that yeah. would be fun. Yeah, you know, Yeah, we had some guys in the other day, and they said, well, we just didn't realize how big the place was. I mean, we put out all the pictures and we even have a video with the drone flying through mm-hmm. and stuff, but until you walk through and see all that equipment, you really, you really don't get a feel for it. Sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. We had, uh, Bob Schaefer from Pheasant Hall was up and, uh, we're, we're actually getting, doing a partnership with, with Pheasant and, and Wilson art, um, because nice. of the gluing equipment and everything that we do. And, you know, we do so much reconditioning of glue spreaders and you name it through uh, the whole, whole gamut. <clears throat> and they were really looking for somebody that they could trust. And of course I've, I've known Bob for 30 plus years myself. And we've, we've been dealing went back when he worked at, at Wilson art international and then came on with pheasant hall, uh, the wealth of knowledge that we have there with all the glue applications and the right products for what you're trying to do. And, like we're we're working on right now, <clears throat> we have a couple customers that they're trying to get away from contact spraying contact for their panels, and uh, we have like a base spray unit that's diaphragm pump. You can you know pump right off a five gallon pail, 
And the nice thing about that is instead of spraying, you know, with contact, you're, you're on one board that's got a face and a backer product on it. You're spraying each, each sheet, you know, four times um, to make that panel. Whereas this, you're spraying it twice mm. and you're into a PVA product that's tremendously cheaper, you know, to give you like a spread. A lot of people are using a container based, you know, a like propane bottle looking yep. thing today. And, and to go to spraying something like this, you're looking at 65 cents of bonded foot, you know, in a, in a canister to a six to $12 cent uh, square foot. Wow. You know, and then the bond strength is, you know, you're, you're on a permanent style bond. So um, just the porousness of the product and going in, you know, biting it all together. So, and you don't have to breathe in all that oh, uh, yeah. fumes from the, exactly. <clears throat> you know, that's the other thing. So not only your cost um, that in the, the glue itself, you know, typically, you know, from some of the preliminaries that we've done, you could save $31 per sheet. Wow. And you were telling us about like what, people get to like do those layups and like we were shocked at how little it is. Yeah. If you can save thirty one dollars a sheet, like you're gonna be doing that's like a lot better. Yeah. Economy of scales, yeah. It's a nice partnership because they, you know, they cover, you know, pretty much half of Pennsylvania and then New York and the bottom side of New York and Jersey and then we were out in Delaware and eastern shore Mm -hmm. Maryland. So uh, and then with the relationship there with uh, Robert Bootens from Wilson Art, he's our main regional. We have the outreach to our Ohio and and Southern people, salespeople as well. So uh, I think it's going to be a good fit. They're excited about it, you know. Yeah, bring it. Was, it, it was very interesting. It was stuff I had never even see people spraying the contact cement. And you're just like, okay, but I didn't realize how much it was costing them to do that. Mm, yeah, yeah. And all that over, you know, overspray goes everywhere. And- oh yeah. So my son said, oh, I really like that pink look when I walk into a shop. <laughs> <laughs> Smells really, really oh, good. Yeah. There is something fun about, you know, spraying that stuff, but it's like silly string. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't have like a ton of experience doing it, but I always found that like you would get failures sometimes and you just, you know, didn't know why. Well, not only are you spraying in the end, now you have that open time before you can, you know, bond yeah. the two pieces together. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty huge there. Now you have the, you know, the, the dry time of the PVA, but you're actually getting a much stronger bond and a more consistent bond. So, you know, from the bottom side, so a shop like yourselves, you could spray the PVA, run it through a pinch roller, and then everything's just dead stack. So it's just the next panel that's coming on top of it. Then, you know, you just, at at the last panel that comes off, you just throw another, you know, blank three quarter or whatever, you know, on top. And, you know, you let that sit for, you know, an hour or two hours. We always recommend longer, you know, everybody's about the speed, but yeah. you're building stress into the panel, no matter if you're spraying a flammable, a non-flam, or putting a PVA product down, that what your that stress is in the panel until it totally settles itself out. We've always used a rule of thumb of like 48 hours is like optimum. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go start knocking that panel down, is it dry sooner? Yes. Is it going to cause you more issues doing it sooner. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, not only from knocking that panel apart and we were talking about that bow, you know, from lengthwise in that uh, panel that you're, you're cutting apart, you know, then, it, and now, now you're going over to the edge banding machine and now you have this part that's got a hook to it, you know, <laughs> so the more you can let something stay and, and work around that. And the, you know, the big thing is really the, 
the cost and the health factor, you know, going to a PVA of yeah. thing. So, so it, just the weight of the sheet itself is enough for that bottom. Yes. Hmm. So what you're getting is it's considered a contactable PVA. So the one that would be prominent that can spray or go through a roll coder is Wilson Arch 3001. We can spray other products and obviously roll coat any of them. Um, but now you're talking about different viscosities and things. So once you get into a roll coder and you're doing top and bottom panels, that's where you start playing with different glue numbers that have different viscosity levels. So depending on the irregularity of the product you're running. So now if somebody's primarily running a plywood based material, most of it's pretty good, but you're always going to get something going on. So you want to keep your viscosity higher. So you get a little bit thicker bond, you know, in that. And typically they're all being bonded, you know, like a seven uh, grams, seven mils uh, is what we go by for the application. Is is pretty common, no matter what the viscosity is, because it's all mm-hmm. relevant to whatever viscosity that you're using for that product. The machine lays it all out. Right. So it basically is, it looks like a pinch roller with, you know, either a, a doctor roll to it or a tray base. And, you know, you're, you're basically roll coating on. So a lot of people, <clears throat> if you don't have a lot that you're doing, the roll coder, the cleanup time and things like that it is a little bit more to contend with. But as far as glue waste, you don't really waste all that much glue because when you're actually, you know, firing up the line and then when you're running down, you kind of gauge how much material is going down in that trough or the roll coder, you know, the doctor roller to gauge kind of where you're at. So you have least amount of, you know, and the other thing too is we always kept like a, you know, another container right there. So before we cleaned up for the day, we scooped out, put that in the container. Then we used it for, glue bottles and things throughout the mm-hmm. shop, but just mm-hmm. general assembly glue and stuff. So, you know, it can be utilized for all kinds of stuff. A little more high tech than the way we do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we take the gallon of glue and dump it on the, then, then hit use it some nice four inch rollers. rollers. Yeah. <laughs> and then slide in the vacuum bag. Well, and that's, what's nice too with, with that spraying of it. It's, it's really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you have the vacuum bag, you know, to do it, that you're already there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, with the little, you know, we use like a whiz roller. Find that it's it's so hard to get a consistent amount of glue out, you know what I mean? To well, that's 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 what happens with the spray equipment, the spray mm-hmm. and or roll coder, you know. But most shops would would benefit, you know, if they're doing minimal layups, you know, the the spray equipment makes sense and you know, we used it for a lot of stuff where we were bending MDF products and things like that in in a jig or mm-hmm. in your in your uh, bag unit makes it that you can just, you know, and the nice thing is, is you can just let it, you know, it's, you're not, your glue's not going bad from it. It's minimal cleanup and it's water cleanup, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of benefits all the way around with it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's things, you know, just like gluing the edges of boards to do, you know, uh, edge to edge glue ups. You don't think about how much time that takes, but then um, forget the name of the company. It starts with an R, I believe, you know, they have the, the, pressurized glue pot with the little roller, you know, mm. like how much time would that save over the course of a year? Like it's insane when you start mm-hmm. to get into these um, really specialized tools, like how much time you could save. And in a big shop, it's yeah exponentially more, but oh, yeah. Well, like a little common thing like that is just to use the small little trough 
Blue spreader. Blue spreader. Oh, a little, yeah. Little, it has little, little, little cat, uh, hopper at the top. and Well, they do those, or it's a little pan with a roller in it. You put the glue in there, and you just take your piece across the, oh, yeah, yeah, the roller. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, so, if you're doing a lot of boards, that's... Yeah, that'll help you out a lot. Consistent, too. Faster than your finger? Yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> but then you don't get to peel all that glue off yeah. of your yeah. <laughs> That's in your downtime. Yeah. You peel the glue off from the. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, I tried like the little brush. I mean, I I'll use a brush every now and again, the acid brush, and I tried using those silicone brushes in the past. I wasn't have the finger is always the best, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I don't even spread it. I just, you know, yeah. I put a nice bead in the center and make sure that when it you know goes together that it's still in the hole. Did we answer There's, that other? Question from Corey. What did he have? Um, it was. Uh, what's the process of fixing up a used machine? That was the second. Yeah, that's. Well, I mean, it's we test it first. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to totally recondition it or whatever, we, we bring it in and we plug it in and we test it and we get a condition report. And if we're going to recondition the machine, we, we know what parts we need. So we order those parts and then they're staged. And then when the machine comes together, we have the, the parts and the machine and we take it all apart, clean it, paint it, whatever we're going to do, and then put it back together. Inevitably, you find something else that you missed because these machines are not, you know. They're not babied. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get inside the machine, it's <laughs> like, oh, we didn't know that bearing was bad or we didn't know that shaft was worn that much. So that can delay the process mm -hmm. when we get to that point. Or you, yeah. You fix one thing and end up breaking something else. Yeah. You know, that always happens. Well, it's like changing airlines. If you start changing one airline, then that one blows and then that one blows. So a lot of times we just, <laughs> we just replace them all. Yeah. You know? We're yeah, familiar so, with that exact yeah. circumstance. Yeah. That old edge bander. It was, yeah, replace one and then it, that just increased the pressure enough That's to right. blow the next one. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. It's like, where is that sound coming from? <laughs> Let's see. We have one more question, and then actually I have uh, one to ask about the, the Oliver thing. Um, can they discuss tools or brands to avoid due to reliability or uh, ones to not pass up? Like, I guess if you saw you saw this for sale used, like um, something that you would definitely buy. As far as a machine? Yeah. <clears throat> I, could, I could rattle off lots of machines that I would, most people wouldn't know what they are, but... You know, we anything late model in a CNC machine, whether it's a panel saw or router, yeah, we would we would definitely not pass it up if mm -hmm. we could get it for the right price. Um, you know, we we're we're big into solid wood stuff as well, so gang rips, molders, any of that kind of stuff is is in our wheelhouse, and those those are the things that we would. But you know, a particular customer, it depends on what he does. Right. You know, um, the things that we don't buy a lot of used are edge banders. Uh, <laughs> Um, for the reasons why you, yeah, <laughs> not really yours. The reasons why we uh, bought a new one. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it has to be really nice mm -hmm. for us to venture into it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that answers the question. It's kind of a hard question. To yeah. Answer. Yeah. Because uh, what you guys do is so broad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he did say, uh, oh, yeah. Well, I guess you would avoid edge banders, but any, any manufacturer specifically, you know, not necessarily edge banders, but, um, yeah, any tools or brands to avoid due to reliability? I don't know. Because it really depends on 
you know, how that machine was run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as far as a used machine, new, um, I'd revert back to staying with a dealer like ourselves that are servicing and, right. you know, and give you the track record. Every manufacturer that we've worked with or that we know about probably has had issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't say that there's one out there that I would just, I mean, I don't want to throw myself under the bus either, right. quite honestly. Because we, we <laughs> Ryobi, have- <laughs> we'll just Ryobi. We'll put- <laughs> we, uh, That's funny because Sal, Sal's got a lot of Ryobi. Who has that? Sorry, Sal, it wasn't. <laughs> but we, we work with all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we buy parts from them from them we we get advice from them and f- fixing machines and we have good relationships with yeah. almost all of the importers mm-hmm. even though we don't sell their stuff new because we do so much used equipment so I wanted to ask you uh, you guys about you know what you're doing with Oliver and Straight Up Plane and all that stuff so yeah we um, I guess it was about two years ago now yeah I think uh, we purchased the what pre 1999 mm-hmm. Oliver. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we, we bought the rights to the machines, the parts, and uh, we have all the manuals and so forth. So we made, we named it straight up plane because the big machine that we were working on and still do are the planers, the double-sided straight up planes. Um, but we sell the parts even for their little shapers and table saws and mm-hmm. lathes and joiners and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's worked out really well for us. We actually have uh, a whole division set up for that. We have the the parts. We have a couple of rooms in the building was racking in it with all the parts. And uh, we have one guy who's that's full-time job now. Uh, John is doing that all the time. Wow. Yeah. Fielding calls. And back when, when the other company had it, uh, I think they called themselves Eagle something. Um, it was a, a brother and sister and uh, they were getting tired of it. So sometimes you would call up there and they wouldn't call you back for a week oh, or sometimes longer. That's got to be like a, you have to care, you know, you're going to own <laughs> the rights to a vintage machinery maker. Like you had got to, you got to really be into yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I think they were, you know, they were just aging out. They were mm-hmm. really looking towards yeah. retirement. So one, we were buying a lot of parts from him because we had rebuilt a couple of uh, straight up planes. And one day uh, he said to our guys, you guys ought to buy me. You're my biggest customer. So we did. <laughs> Our buddy Matt uh, Viz up in Connecticut, he has a, uh, a an old Oliver 16-inch joiner and uh, is it a 30-inch planer? It could be. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. so. And he reached out to you guys and I think you guys are getting him like birth certificates and stuff. Yeah, that's I didn't, I, I actually didn't even know about that because I was, uh, I, I see the emails coming into the, I used to, I stopped doing that. But I used to see the ones coming into the sales mm-hmm. at, and uh some guy asked for a birth certificate and I chuckled and I sent it off to Derek and I go, what's wrong with this guy? And he goes, no, 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 no. we, we charge money for these birth certificates. I'm like, oh, okay. Silly man. <laughs> you can monetize it. It's not funny anymore. And that's what the, uh, the previous company was doing. And uh, we kept that up <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and people get, um, they love their Oliver machines. Yeah. Uh, they're w- very well built. They're, they're, it could be antiques, but they're great machines. And yeah. to the point that they do want to know when it was built and they want a birth certificate. So we, they, they do a lot of that. We've got some of the newer a, stuff. In yeah. a shop in uh, Stowe, Massachusetts last week that they had their Oliver bandsaw was uh, 1919. Wow. It's pretty wow. cool to see. You know, yeah. Uh, probably, yeah. I think that machine had a, at least a 24 inch throat on it. It was a good size machine. Yeah. Did it have any kind of, um, <laughs> 
ornamental ironwork on it. I know a lot. That of one it. actually did happen. Uh, yeah. yeah. We, well, I don't remember the episode when we were doing the furniture history. We came across some photos of machines mm-hmm. and things like that. Just like the, the workmanship that went into like just the pedestrian parts, you know, was yep. just. Yeah, yeah, we we have some. We've collected some machines, but they're just sitting out in the warehouse getting rusty right now. I always said I was going to set up a little museum, and maybe someday I will. But we uh, we have a lot of the old literature and stuff, not just for Oliver, but we have some other ones. And then we have a wall in our conference room that we started taking old nameplates off mm. of, and some of them we let them kind of like antique people do. We just let them rusty if they are, and we just bolt them yeah. to the wall. And it, People like to see that. It's kind of cool. Old Marine Johnson labels, mm-hmm. Oliver, Madison. Yeah. It's funny you said the thing with the eagle because on the joiner, doesn't it have like an eagle on the, isn't the, like oh, their, yeah. Yeah. That's like their, uh, their, was it part of their logo? Yeah. Yeah. The new Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a, I had the joiners like a, probably like a, one of the first runs of the new. Okay. And there's a difference between that and the shaper, which is like a new. Yeah, it's only a couple of years old. Okay. Where you can tell it's sort of like, um, you know, uh, an import machine, the shaper, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it looks like yeah. all the others, just this one's blue. Yeah. 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 Like, it, you know, you look at the Laguna next to the Oliver, it's like, okay, they paint that one black. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's that way. The factory yeah. over there makes them all and it's just that yep. one's white and that one's blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the Grizzly catalog, it's like, you know, they have yeah. Grizzly, Chop Fox, Bailey, South Bend. It's like, okay, it's these are all the same machines. They just painted one green, one white, one blue, and one, mm-hmm. I don't know what South Bend, I guess South Bend's blue too, I think. Yeah, they're like blue and white or yeah. cream, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there's only infrastructure to make these things so many places. That's right. Yeah, and a guy over here gets the idea that I can do a better job at mm-hmm. importing them and selling them, so he changes the name and goes to the same factory. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of that happens. Dave Chappelle had a funny skit about, like, when, uh, you know, politicians are like, we're going to bring these jobs back to America. And he's like, what? So iPhones can cost $9,000? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. we want to wear Nikes. We don't want to make them. <laughs> <laughs> some of these machines i can't imagine what it would cost to make them over right here. I mean, it's unfortunate but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you can only take it to a certain extent with yes yes that makes sense yeah and the smaller stuff i mean we still have uh very good american manufacturers uh cnc routers mm-hmm. sierra Android, marine johnson makes their gang saws and um double antenners dovetailers things like that so there there's still some yeah, it seems like the more industrial you get, the more options there are for stuff yeah, that's made that, domestically. That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. I guess a lot of the ones that are, um, it, it's manufactured, it's assembled in America. Yeah, yeah, there are some of that. Like um, that. Oneida, the dust collectors. Um, are, they they, done that, are they done that way? I didn't know. I, I don't know how much is done in America. They tout themselves as, I mean, we have one. Mm-hmm. They, they tout themselves as made in America. I they thought use they American were. motors, and I guess uh, they're probably doing. I think doing, it's got a leasing on it. Yeah, welding. probably welding and stuff like that here. So, I mean. Mm-hmm. That's like our laser, you know. It's um, all the parts are, maybe not all, but the majority of the parts are imported, and then they put it together in Florida. 
Okay. Um, yeah. You know, it's good. We like to support, you know, jobs when, sure. whenever we can. Yeah. yeah. We work with a lot of American, <clears throat> a lot of our companies are American companies. Yeah. You know, Taylor, Clamp Carriers up in New York. They're made, they're made in New York. Um, like I said, Marine Johnson and Sierra Andrew, the PMK we work with. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some people who get upset with me, but, um, but we'll yeah, next we, we were with the big boys. We've been with the SCMs. We were with styles. Um, that we just don't play well with those kind of companies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very independent. Our used equipment gets in the way for a lot of those guys. Yep. So I saw a funny comment about styles on Instagram maybe about a week ago. They said, yeah, when you call, they ask for your credit card number before they even say hello. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the they're not the only ones, unfortunately. Uh, but we we do get along with them still very well. Mm-hmm. They they do support us, and so I, I don't really have a bad thing to say about Styles. But they they're you know they're like a lot of these other companies. The parts are very expensive. Yeah. But so are cars. If you if you wanted to build your car mm-hmm. uh, part by part, you'd pay a lot of money for it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know they—I mean—they make nice machines, and you have to. There's a level of—I um, don't know—you know—you have to maintain the exclusivity of you know the product. You have—you're a top-tier product. You can't. I mean, it would be nice if you could, but you can't sell the parts for nothing. You That's know? right. It's, it's That's like right. a you when you have, drive a Mercedes, the parts are just yeah. naturally more money. Well, I think, I, to be honest with you, I think quite honestly, it gets so competitive on the sale of the new machine that a lot of times they're not making much money on that mm-hmm. sale of the new, yeah. new machine. Yeah, it's the back end. Yeah. Where it's like sport bikes. Like, we used to ride, like, Ducatis and, you know, when Triumph first came out, that we would get the bikes cheap. Right. You know, the deal would give them to us for whatever the, you know, below sticker was. Because parts business. Yeah, yeah. because sir, just service on a bike like that is insane. And, yeah. and you go through tires, like, yeah. You know, nobody's business. And you're not going to keep it stock. You're like, wow, well, no. you know, this new yeah. exhaust would sound exactly. really nice. <laughs> Especially California. First thing you do is pull off the California admissions and you got to <laughs> reach out the carburetors and you need a new exhaust and you're going to go carbon fiber. And you're gonna do it. You know. That's what we need to do. We need to start up a line of just customization products for our saws. Hey, you got to yeah. get this carbon fiber guard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, that's like, you know, we started looking at the, we were talking about the Waltendorf uh, saws a while back. And then it's like, you start looking at all the options. It's like, wow, you know, I'm already spending yeah. this much. Might as Why well not? add the vacuum pods on the thing. And, yeah. you know, is, for us, 30 is the same as 40 or the same as 50. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like we got it laying around in the, you know, corner of the shop. <laughs> <laughs> buy once, cry once. Yeah, buy once. <laughs> That's about a motto, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's gotten us in trouble before. <laughs> Good times. What are, what are some of the other big projects we have going in the shop right now? Finish you guys. Up. Well, they just finished up that Maycore Sander. They, they, there's a company called York Casket that obviously they make caskets. York, Pennsylvania? In York, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And uh, we've been doing quite a bit of work with them. And they had this old, uh, I believe it was a Delavitova sander but they, they had this old sander and it wasn't working and they wanted it different they wanted it designed differently so we brought it in and we stripped it and we re- remade the working units the sanding heads and then we put it back together and it's got a 
computer touchscreen control to mm. position everything. And, and we wrote all that program. Um, like we have a guy named Kyle that does that for us. Wow. So but to they, give you an idea how long the sander is. Yeah, that's probably, what, 30 feet maybe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what does it do in those 30 feet? Well, it, it sands the, the, the molding profiles. So it, it's got one head that'll cut, that'll sand this part, and one that'll sand that part, one to sand that edge. So when it feeds through, all the parts are hit, and it comes out, it's done. Wow. That's sweet. I was going to ask you, um, in New Holland, Pennsylvania, there's a big company that specializes in liturgical work. The church furniture? Yeah. Yeah, uh, New Holland Church Furniture. Is we, that them? Yeah. That's what they're called. Yeah, we just, uh, I, I don't know if their router is delivered yet or not, but we sold them a new uh, CR100 CNC router that we did the runoff last month. So the machine will be delivered shortly. Yeah, I went out there once when um, uh, St. Mary's in um, Middletown, when they rebuilt, when they built up the new church, uh, that's where they got a lot of the furnishings. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, really close with the Monsignor Walsh. He's no longer there. But uh, he took me out there because I was building stuff for the church. And, you know, so... We had to take a field trip out there yeah, just yeah. seeing the size of this place. Oh, yeah. Just was like, oh, my God. You, <laughs> you should know? see the size of their new CNC. Yeah. That's pretty you know, one, just, yeah. just the systems of like where the finishing things and like stuff just hanging and just going around mm-hmm. like a, like, uh, like the old dry cleaner kind of place, you yeah. know, it was, it, I didn't even know what to think because I couldn't comprehend that scale yeah. of, you yeah, know, we work. get into some really big factories. Yeah, that I mean, we have a guy in central Pennsylvania, Appalachian Wood Products, who makes kitchen cabinet doors. I think right now he's probably making eight thousand doors a day. Wow. I was going to ask, have you guys ever worked with Meridian? Yeah, I was just at Meridian. We uh, just placed our first yeah. first yeah. door order ever. Yeah. Well, we bought some stuff from Wallscraft, just like yeah. But that well, was just for somebody. Think, yes, yeah. that was to replace something. It was like yeah. a favor kind of thing. No, but, I would, uh, yeah. I, they were having an issue, uh, are still having an issue with their gang rip saw that we sold them like uh, 13 years ago. And we didn't know about it. So they called me in to talk about replacing it. And I, I think I was sitting, it was me and my salesman, and I think we had five of their guys. And they told me what was wrong. And I said, you don't need a new rip saw. You need our guys to come in and fix the one you've got. So I'm hoping we can get that done for them pretty mm-hmm. soon. Um, I said, a I told the party after that. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I told the, uh, the, the the big boss. I said, I'd be happy to take your money if you really want a new ripsaw, but you don't you don't need one. <laughs> then you could take theirs old one back, fix it up a little bit. And yeah, right, right. But like we said earlier, we're in it for the long yep. for the long term. So yeah. we'd rather not do that kind of business. I mean, just if you're the boss there and you hear that. The next time you need a tool or a machine, where do you think he's going? Yeah, yeah you'd have to be crazy to go. I, I mean, somewhere. I would hope so. It wasn't really what was on my mind. It was but just. It, the, it's just. Yeah. I, I, well, you're right. It uh, might not be. Um, it's just you. It's just. It's who you are as a person, right. and following that, who you are as a business. Right. And you know that's the way we like to think of ourselves as well. This yep. is this is how we get our next client. We. We're doing this that door job because we showed up on the job at another place and met somebody on the job, and he just liked the way we did things, liked yeah, our right. personality, liked our work, uh, the way we went about our 
business, you know, whether that's, you know, laying down, you know, uh, protection or whatever, you know, you can just tell how somebody works. Right. But I definitely think with today's society of everything being online, people are warned of not mm-hmm. being able to talk to people or mm-hmm. people showing up. And, you know, that's why we believe in the face to face and meeting. And, you know, a lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of companies don't have pulled back their on the road salespeople and, you know, they think it can do it all from there. But, you know, to be honest, the majority of my stops within a week, I'm getting in the shops and talking to people, you know, cause they're just like, Hey, I haven't seen, you know, nobody comes around anymore. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's, no. it, you know, it's good to re- reception of, of having that, you know, it's a little old school, but I just, I'm working on a project up in New York that uh, the guy's putting in uh, a new gang rip and a crosscut optimizing scanner, the whole works. It's all used equipment. And I went up there three times with the drawings and he kept like, do you really need to come back up here? And, but it's much easier for me to put the drawing in front of him and take my finger and mm-hmm. lines here and mm-hmm. there and stuff. So, and he gave us the order. So that, that that's what pays off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, two of our, you know, strongest relationships were fostered from like that sort of face to face. Like when Rich came from Hayfla, mm-hmm. you know, we, we struck it. We, we had a Hayfla account. We, I don't think we had or, ever ordered anything. No. Um, and now we basically, we order everything from Hayfla and same thing with you. You know, you came here and met us and you know, yeah, it's, that was it. It, it, it makes a big difference, you know, being able to meet somebody in person versus, yeah. We could have bought a different uh, edge bander. That one from the school was basically brand new, still had the plastic on it, maybe half the cost, uh, but no training. Right. No, nothing. Yeah. No, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Well, it's funny too, because I get a lot of, oh, you guys are in Pennsylvania. Well, we're pretty close, but you have to understand I'm here every week. Yeah. You know, and being at, at your disposal, and I think we kind of showed that in, yeah, where yeah we've been we, already. we're we're fans. I mean, you know, that's yeah, yeah. Just getting to you know, if you need me, you know, that's just sometimes people are like, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to bug them or whatever. But that's not what we're about. Right. We want you to call, absolutely, and ask questions, and you know, be it as silly that somebody might think the question is. Most times, it's a pretty good, yeah. you know. If you don't yeah. know the answer, no question is silly. That's exactly. Yeah, it resonates with us too because it's like we're the same way, you know, mm-hmm. like if I, I shot you that picture in the text about clean out the glue pot, you know? Yeah. Like we get, I want clients to text us stuff like that. Like, Oh, Hey, what do you think about this? Or, or, you know, whatever. Um, don't clean with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you just run across one of them? We always do. We always do. <laughs> yes, Nobody ever owns up to it either. Yeah. yeah. And no, we can we tell. We're that. like, yeah. Mm, something oh, yeah, weird's yeah. going on with the countertop. It's like a little bit yeah. rough. I'm like, <laughs> what have you been cleaning it with? Because we have a sign outside that's been out there for six months. It wasn't as rough as the countertop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've done some torture testing. Yeah. So we know like w- something's not right. Yeah. You, you know firsthand of what, what but should you, be. But going. you do it, you know, you just right. you, you smile. And, oh, yeah. Because yeah. that's how that's. And. That's part of being a good uh, right. steward of your business and, you know, fostering exactly. relationships and right. all that stuff. Some people not, might not always appreciate it or have it there, but I think once you really have to fall on it, 
you understand the mm-hmm. importance yeah. and the value of it. Yeah. It know? all comes around in the end. Yeah. Right. But yeah, we've been, uh, we've been cranking stuff out in the shop. That's for sure. It's, yeah, it's been so, hey, a lot of people are slowing down, it seems like, but we've been rather busy. So, yeah, we don't look at an elevator panel the same anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, it's like one of those things we were talking about, like how you see it now. It's like, oh, look, yeah, look at these mm-hmm. elevator panels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that guy that used to make this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy on the. Yeah, we moved, we just did a lot of moving around within the last year at, at the shops. So, yeah, uh, shop we, used to be at the back end of the building, and I I had the guys draw. We do all these drawings, you know. We draw plants and lines, and said, "Might you guys draw my building?" Because I don't have one. So they drew drew the building, and I started looking at it. I don't know. It just clicked on me. We're bringing everything in this door, and we're taking everything out the same door. <laughs> but I wouldn't tell you to do that. <laughs> so we. We sat down, we had several meetings, and we decided we were going to change it. So we moved the shop from the back to the front, and everything comes in the back door, and it goes out the front door. Mm-hmm. Not quite there yet, but that's the that's where we're headed. So that was quite an undertaking, moving everything. Uh, yeah, moving I anything can. in 80,000 square feet. Yeah, and we they put in a machine shop. The one area we had was a used parts room, and we got rid of that because we just weren't making any money at it. So we... um. Turned that into a machine shop for them, and, and we had a pit where you back in to unload trucks, and we never hardly used it, so we filled that in. That was quite an adventure. Uh, so it's all concrete now, and wow. so we actually made more room there. So, yeah, we still have some more work to do, but uh, <laughs> I kind of put the brakes on. I'd spent enough money. So. <laughs> yeah, it never ends. Yeah. What'd you do with all the old parts? Uh, most of them went to the scrap guy. <laughs> the boys went through, and they, they figured out what they wanted to keep electronics yeah. and stuff and they're a company that takes all the old electronic stuff and they give you so much a pound or whatever I so see, we yeah. took that stuff off so it'll be recycled um and then a lot of stuff just went to the scrap guy yeah it made me think because uh yesterday i went through a bunch of stuff we were moving this old shelving unit to make some space and upstairs in our little cubby hall attic yeah went through some things and it, it was just sort of like finding things you didn't know you had and then finding a lot of junk mm-hmm. that's like yeah. this this is just junk yeah. you gotta throw this away yeah. you know mm-hmm. and, you always think that there'll be somebody someday that's gonna want it yeah but, but we just didn't find that was working out too well for us no we, could, we can't store everything right and we just felt like we could make more a better use of that space for a machine shop yeah. so we just yeah. uh, scrapped the project so yeah Quite a array of machines now in the machine shop, and yeah, what are you guys all metalworking machines? Yeah, that's metalworking. Yep. <clears throat> so we have a couple CNCs in there. And, oh, really? Oh, yeah. The uh, re uh, rubber machine for the, the Oliver band saws and mm-hmm. gear machines and smaller lays, uh, CNC lays. So it's wow. Yeah, it's it's quite the thorough. Yeah, and everything that we're doing. You know, it lends itself that we're. You have to make a part. You need all the stuff to make it, right? Yeah. Right. And then we have, you know, our fabrication side where we're making all different things from the fab side. So between guarding, and we have plasma cutter, a uh, couple paint booths, you know, now areas right. just for we can handle the biggest piece of equipment coming in. I had metal shop in high school. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And uh, we had a lathe. I remember that. I made a screwdriver and all kinds of. That was my uh, shops. I took all because I was always yeah. embedded yeah. in in uh, the wood industry. So yeah, at a yeah. young age, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna. But I remember because you know you do the lathe, you're turning that little dial and squirting a little bit of oil on there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always amazed at how they let us kind of run free in those shops. Well, that goes back to the safety questions we were, <laughs> we were talking about earlier. Like, I was, we were weld, arc welding and oxyacetylene welding and, you know, like, and, and the teacher was like your football coach. You know what I mean? Like, he was yeah, yeah. reading the paper while you were out there with all these tools. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you would, your buddy would do some welding in, in his little cubicle and then he'd go off to like do something like you'd heat up his thing before he comes back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, I don't remember that was that hot before. <laughs> it was funny. One time we were coming into metal shop, you know, we always came into like the, the shop and we'd go about our, you know, what we were going to do. And shop teacher, Mr. Schiffer goes, yeah, everybody in the office today. And he's, He's got his shop. He always wore a shop coat and stuff. Yeah. One sleeve missing. <laughs> so he goes, we're going to talk about shop safety today on the lathe. He actually had, he got lucky that he pulled back and it ripped the whole wow. sleeve off. Mm. You know, of course, all the shop guys were having a, you know, a ball with it back yeah. then. And that's, that's the first time. And, uh, Guys having stuff fly off the lays and all kinds of stuff. I, I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> like nobody ever got hurt, really. You yeah. Know? yeah, we got lucky. You're right. I mean, like mixing gas, like, you know, the, <laughs> nobody was around checking to see if you like had the gas <laughs> and, and oxygen levels right. You just did it. They told you what it was supposed to be. You know, you checked out your striker and from the, the tool thing. <laughs> you learned to jump out of the way. It was like, or, or, or you learned how to take a punch pretty good. Yeah. yeah right. Can't get away with a lot of stuff these days. Yeah. Well, I think it's just the, the lack of training coming through, you know, unless somebody's coming from a, you know, industrial school program. Right. You know, right. They, they got rid of it and all the all the homeschool type of stuff. And yeah, they don't I, know. I didn't have wood shop or anything. Wood no. shop was already gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think uh, my second or last class following me in school, they finally nixed, you know, all of our programs. I, I mean, I had, I was lucky because I just went to like a regular school, public school and I did metal shop. Yep. I could weld, I could, you know, turn the forging and things like that. Um, we did like uh, lost wax casting. Yep. Um, yeah, we had the same, our school was the yeah. same way, but then they were trying to gear everybody going to, you know, the, they'd have like maybe five schools, you know, that were more academic focused. Mm. And then they were trying to push, you know, the, the vocational stuff all to one school and, you know, those four or five schools feeding that vocational mm-hmm. side. But, yeah. Um, what a what shame. I mean, really, what a shame. Well, they have to, you know, the school has to hit these test scores in order to qualify <laughs> for this, you know. Yeah. So then they say, wow, machine shop's really not helping us on these, you know, state test scores. So we might as well just get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, what a mistake in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not even for career oriented reasons but just for the 
the you know there's there's so much to be learned in these you know yeah and it helps you develop aside from you know all for what goofing it, off especially but, I just think about how many kids are going into engineering but they're mm-hmm. really not going to be full hands on mm-hmm. but really understanding the process of what goes into it that makes that much better of an engineer oh yeah yeah uh, Christopher used he had these two uh, brothers that worked for me for like ten years from the time they're like in seventh grade and yeah. you know when they eventually went to college. Um, they stopped, but, uh, the younger one became a mechanical engineer and he was in these like hands-on shop environments. And he was like, they were like trying to cut stuff like with a hacksaw and the blades in backwards, <laughs> you know, like, just like silly things. Like, it's like nobody knew anything except him. Yeah. He was the only kid that knew any practical, <laughs> you know, knowledge. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a changing environment. And has been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all in all, it's, uh, what else did we have going on? It was a pretty big project. Are we just finishing up that, uh, what was that, New, 282 in there? That's a 382. 382. Yeah, it's a high-speed rough lumber planer. And, oh, uh, wow. It, it goes 300 feet a minute, huh. 30 inches we, wide. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this would be cool. Let's do like a hypothetical. So like, you know, we've been planing all this pine and we have that little 15-inch uh, Powermatic, which I think is, is it 18 is on the high speed? I think it goes 16 and 16. 30. No, it's definitely not 30. No, it's, no. no it's it must be 16 30. and 18 or, okay. or 18 and 20 or something like that. Feet per minute. Um, and per what is the... I don't know Cut. what that, the max. Usually that's the other thing. Yeah, it's How much three. you can actually take off for that. Yeah. So Yeah, it's only three horsepower. So it's got to yeah, be like a six, yeah. you know, 16th is probably the most that we would take. Yeah. If we, let's say we wanted to get a new planer, new or used, replace that planer. And you guys know what we do. What would you recommend? Like if we want something that's fast, like that's the main thing is it's too slow. You know, we're standing there 300 board feet. It's like. <laughs> half a day <laughs> we're just and when I, he's on one end and i'm on the other end yeah. you know we're just sort of yeah. like looking at our watches it's yeah. just too fast for one guy yeah. but way too slow for two guys uh, most people in a smaller cabinet shop would have like a 24 inch mm-hmm. uh we sell the oliver like your uh in, the import one mm-hmm. uh with the insert cutters yep. you don't have to worry about grinding out is your straight knife or it's he, it, no it's, it's here yeah and um you know, it, I, I don't know the speeds on those off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. It'll be faster than that. Yeah. But it, at some point, speed doesn't really, you can't go too much faster depending on the finish you want to mm-hmm. get. If you want to get a furniture grade finish, you're probably mm-hmm. not going to go much more than 30 yeah. feet per minute. But it, it'll do that. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, yeah, we're buying everything rough. So it's like, you know, that eight quarter stock came in like, well, two and an eighth. A lot of it was maybe even heavier. So like we're getting to the planer at over two inches. I got to come down to inch and three quarter. So with that, with that planer, I mean, it's, it's a long process. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of work. Well, the other thing you could do with that as well is you could add a second unit and put them end to end. You know, two of you are working together, just Mm -hmm. put a set of rollers, you know, in between one and then send it back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You you put them end to end or side by side and, if one guy's have, just yeah. If you have the floor space to do that, you could do that. That's one way to handle it without. It would speed the process, and you wouldn't be into a huge investment. But at mm-hmm. least you're doubling it up with the two of you working yeah. anyway. You know, yeah. 
What's what's the uh, what's the cut on that three eighty two run? How much will it take off? Yeah, uh, probably. Well, I'd, I'd say probably a, an eighth inch each side or something like that. If you wanted to, yeah. at, at three hundred feet, yeah, so. at three hundred feet a minute. <laughs> it's pretty it's fast. Like, that's like shooting out. That's like an arrow coming out. <laughs> Maybe not quite that fast, but it's pretty yeah, fast. That's five feet a second, no? Yeah, I think that's really quite to that. Yeah, that's fast. <laughs> it, it's all fed automatically. You yeah. have uh, material handling coming to it, a mm-hmm. conveyor. The guy just flips it on the conveyor and it takes off. Wow. And what's the process for keeping the board like? Lad and removing twists and cups and things like that inside that machine. There is none. It's just two things and it just goes shooting through. Right. Yeah. Two heads. So if you set the if you set it to to have your finish at thir- inch and thirteen sixteenths or thirteen sixteenths, uh fifteen sixteenths, whatever, it's just gonna cut it to that. Mm-hmm. If it's got this wave to it, it files it's, it. It's gonna have that coming out. Yeah. Right. It, it just, might take a little bit of it off, but yeah. any, only way you can really straighten a board is to have the whole board on the table and then go like a jointer. It's a jointer, yeah. yeah. And the stratoplaners do that too. That that was the design of the original stratoplane, the Oliver that we talked about. Because in the old furniture companies, they cut the boards to length first and then put them through. So you had 24 inch long piece. You could get the whole thing on the table before it went through the cutter head and you could straighten it. That hmm. Hence the name stratoplane. But the Newmans, they never, they never looked to straighten the board. They just wanted to get them to dimension and surfaced as fast as they could. So. Hmm. Yeah. That's like the main reason that we don't buy things surfaced is because, you know, even o- O'Shea, which you guys, you mm-hmm. know, service their stuff, you know, they're going to send it through that thing and it's It's whatever it went in, it's coming out, you know, pretty much the same. So Yeah, and they use Oliver's, but yeah. they, again, they're running at long length. So right. there's yeah. really not much opportunity to straighten it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was one of my first lessons. When I started out, because I, when I started, I was really, really green. Like I didn't know anything. I didn't even know what I didn't know. Um, and I was, so I bought, uh, you know, S4S lumber figuring, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. But then when it came to assembly and things like that, then you start seeing the discrepancies and the flatness and things like that. And, and, and every job you do, you, you, you know, you get your lumps. Right. And you go, oh, I, I got to do this instead of that. Right, right. You know, you, you know, I did everything the hard way at first. <laughs> right, because you learned it. Yeah, I didn't know what, what I was doing. Right. Um, but so I started jointing and planning really early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and people would say, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, I, I have no other choice. You I mean, straight, yeah. <laughs> How, how could you not do it? This, right. this was my thought. <laughs> well, a lot of the big shops, they'll run it through the rough planer, rip it to width and length, chop it to length, and then might go through a molder. And then that takes care of the straightening process at that mm-hmm. point. So they run it hit, they call it hit and miss planed. So they're just getting it down. <laughs> they're going to miss the thin spots. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you chop that out or, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, typically the missed parts are going to still clean up in the molder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our process is, you you know, usually we get the rough lumber in, we'll s- spread it out and select oh, yeah. what parts, you know, what boards are going for, for what job. part, yeah. mark it out, chop it, 
rough, you know, with the miter saw. Mm-hmm. Join it, plane it, sticker it, and then, you know, repeat as necessary. Right. And uh, the bigger guys don't have the luxury of being able to do that. So they they sacrifice. <laughs> they sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. But they, they sacrifice some uh, yield mm-hmm. in order to get yeah. production. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what we do, every job is different. You know, if you're if you're Meridian and you're making cabinet doors, okay, we need 10,000 linear feet of yeah. two and a quarter inch wide maple. You know, we, yeah, we're not doing that. So that's everything right. is so specific that right. um, it, it totally makes custom. more sense to you're, do it this totally way. You're totally customized. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you're doing it the right way mm-hmm. for what you're doing. Right. For sure. That's funny. Um, I'm still amazed at like what machines can do and not even like the million dollar machine that I don't even comprehend. Just like things that are like next level of machines we have in the shop, you know, like, holy cow. I mean, something does that. When we got that drill press, the (laughs) Nova Voyager, you know, well, digital control. I mean, like, man, this is like such a different experience versus Mm -hmm. the drill press that we had before. Um, Tells you like it, what you know. You tell what bit, what material. It tells you the speed. I mean, it doesn't even tell you the speed. It sets the speed. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll go from like fifty to five thousand RPMs just with the turn of a dial. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, the yeah. technology and just bring coming into the smaller tooling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like the helical cutter heads. You know, oh yeah, inserts. I mean, that was just like mm-hmm. game changer. Oh yeah, oh it's huge. Yeah. Now router bits, insert router yeah. bits just yeah. for a regular half inch or even quarter inch, you know, router. Yeah. Um, when we got one, we had that old uh, Yorkville planer. My first planer was your craft. That's what your it was. Craft, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 20 inch. And um, we put the helical head on it. Mm-hmm. It was like, why didn't I do this? Sooner, it went from to yeah. I mean, just that alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should back, have never got rid of that thing. Yeah, yeah. Back, back in the day, it was the, the only the big machines had that in the beginning, mm-hmm. and you could stand beside one of these Newman planers going three hundred feet a minute and talk to talk like we're talking now. Mm-hmm. But before that, when they had the straight knives, forget about it. Oh God, I mean, just drive you out of the building. And the one thing I know is like I couldn't plane maple with the straight knives. Without clogging up my uh, ducks, because it would l- make these Strings. huge ribbons, mm-hmm. and it would clog the six-inch uh, ductwork. And so I had like cut a hole up in it. I had this hole cut up where I could get like a stick in there and I'd <laughs> push it through. Get <laughs> it suck in there. Yeah, because sure. that's it's what like- you know. It would, it would hit this log jam, and once a couple of little things accumulate, it was was over yeah Yeah. and everything's backed up yeah here's another hypothetical i don't know how hypothetical it is but (laughs) uh dust collection so you know Uh, wrestling with we're running three dust collectors because you know when we moved in we had the oneida really four oh yeah yeah we do have four um we picked up the grizzly for the edge banner because we need some with a high cfm rating we have the little delta on the planer and joiner and that's really the big the big issue is that because it fills up, fills up so fast. 
we must have emptied it what six eight times and yesterday. It's a pain to empty those bag filters. Yeah. I mean, they just yeah. You need to really go to a a bin dump style unit. Yeah, you know. To- so the one thing that we're contending with here is height. So looking at like some of these bigger central units, yeah. you know, we only have like eleven and change at the corner, you know, corners of the building. Um, we haven't really been able to find something that seemed like it would service the entire shop and yeah. still fit within, you know, call it 11 feet of height. Yeah, we'd have to look into that uh, if there's any shorter ones. Right. I know the old Murphy Rogers used to make what they called a shorty, but they're gone. Mm-hmm. So The thing I notice in the small amount of time I spend looking is it limits the... Um, barrel size at the bottom that's how they sort of bring the height down so you got this big powerful machine with a 30 gallon <laughs> <laughs> yeah or two you know maybe yeah. like two little 30 gallon cans on the bottom yeah you know, the height is going to be a problem that for that's where uh that's where they trade it off yeah yeah we'd have to look at that a little deeper to see what what you can do obviously when you climb into something like that now cost is oh yeah 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 i mean you were saw what a seven and a half horsepower oneida yeah it looked like it fit you know the requirements it was like four thousand cfm um and it had the way to had three different ways to set it up but where they sacrificed space was at the bottom end right Mm -hmm. you know they just brought it down closer to the ground well you need a certain amount of airflow for the cfm and that's where yeah you know the cycle has to be a certain height. Yeah. And then the motor's up on top. Yeah. And something like that, you'd really be going through more of like a, well, a cross flow unit. Like the dust tech type. Yeah. Is that I think square we can ones? Put, I think we can put bins on the dust tech. How do you get rid of your dust? Put it in the dumpster. Oh, you do? Yeah. We used to just dump it back in the, in the trees, <laughs> we but used to put it in the we yard. don't have the luxury anymore. Because he. Uh, the other way is bags. If you could, if you could somehow sell it or give it away to farmers or something like yeah. that. But yeah. it's a lot of times it's mixed. Like you know, this doing these doors, we had some really really nice pine shavings. Like if you had a guinea pig or something like that, right. we had hundreds, hundred gallons of that stuff. Right? I mean, oh, yeah, we're like eight or ten. You know, thirty. What are they? Thirty gallon bags. Yeah. Um, it was really nice and clean and fluffy and mm-hmm. unadulterated, but a lot of times it's mixed, you know. Yeah, so you got particle boards and things with mm, it. Well, <laughs> yeah, like if it's running, you know, if 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 From we had like, yeah central dust collection, you got you know the dust coming off of the the uh, panel material and the edge bander, and so right. yeah, it would have it would be a mixture. Yeah, at that point, things. you can't you can't no. give it to yeah. the farmers. So. And yeah, I think walnuts no good for yeah, like horses. horses. It's not good for horses. Yeah, and we can't store stuff unless somebody's coming by every day. Gotta go. I mean, yeah, we got firewood that we have to get rid of. We have to put the calls out. It's like, all right, friends, come and get your stuff. Yeah, Otherwise, you, you don't can't get come. Right, call yeah. the next guy. <laughs> yeah. Next on the list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we we try and entice them. We go, we'll let you go through the quality scrap barrel if you come and take the firewood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Premium, premium, scraps. premium cutoffs. You got to get a discount, but you got to take this sawdust with you. Yes. 
That's what we do to our friends. <laughs> Just drive it down the street, dump it in the bay. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you guys would be the, the prime resource, you know, if we started researching something like that seriously. Yeah, we could look at it when you... We did see a dust tech when we when we bought that. A guy was selling a, uh, I think it was a ten horsepower mm-hmm. three yeah. phase dust tech. But it this is the problem like that we had with trying to find a compressor, trying to find a dust collector. They're not hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna come buy this compress this this uh, dust collector from you, and it, I can't see it run. Like yeah, you don't know yeah. if it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, we don't have three phase power. I'm like, well, then where did you get this from? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. That's he, he, Picked it up at a sale or Mm -hmm. something. Thought it was really cheap. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like when we saw the, I showed me those Emacs compressors. I was like, if this is legit, that guy still hasn't seen the message. You guys ever heard of the Emacs compressors? You guys don't really deal in compressors, right? No, not really. Um, So they're, you know, same like a reciprocating compressor like the Quincy. Um, They're made in Ohio. But they're these ones didn't have that silent air, but oh. they have they have an intake that goes on the back that it lowers the decibels to like seventy or something something yeah. really quiet. But they're they're really cool. We were looking at them before we got that. But a guy has two of them up for three hundred dollars a piece. It's like you know, it's like a forty five hundred dollar compressor. Probably. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, this can't be. You. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or he didn't do his research or mm-hmm. their junk. Right. That's. Sometimes when it's too cheap, you're more scared to buy it than yeah, the price yeah. was. It's like that parking spot in New York. <laughs> we this, were just in this, there this morning. This can't be a spot. What's right. wrong? There's yeah. got to be something wrong yeah, with this right. spot. How can it be empty? Yeah. <laughs> I did that yesterday. We're, we're going over by the Holiday Inn Express. I'm trying to just find. I'm like, wait a minute. I remember when you said that. This is empty. Look for a sign. There's yeah. got to be something around here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that was, uh, well, this morning we... They just let us in and they opened the garage door and we drove our cars right into the bottom. Yeah, the I, don't, oh, I don't know where we would have parked if we had to go see them. Yeah, there was nothing. Right. It was right by the post office too. So you got. Oh, on 8th Avenue or 7th Avenue over there? That's no, 46th uh, in Queens. 40, oh, you're 46th, in Queens. 46th uh, yeah. Road, I think it was called. I thought you were talking about in, in Manhattan, the, the mm. main post office oh, there. Oh, no. By, by Madison Square Garden. I'm sure that that's, area. Yeah, I can't and, imagine and that Penn one. Station. No, <laughs> no, we weren't anywhere close to that. Yeah. yeah, I just is. called him up and said, "Can I park inside like I did the last time?" And he came down, opened the door. We we had to go around the block again. And oh yeah, yeah, that worked out really nice. Or we'd have still been. Yeah, we might <laughs> still be looking yeah, on the block. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's the worst. We went to uh, and helped out Ed over at Hayfla. They had, you know, they started carrying these Century Wood products now, which they make um, like your trash pullouts and stuff like that. And they needed somebody to to install them so he was like yeah well you know there's commercial parking out front i'm like oh, i'm like i don't know about that so we just took the ferry in yeah the subway you know mm. packed real light now how long does it take you to get there doing that the ferry is about 45 minutes okay it just it's a straight shot right to new york city like if you guys drove to the end of the street you could see new york city right there uh-huh. um so it's uh it's like what three Three streets this way, mm-hmm. go down to the water. There's a ferry terminal and there's a couple um, within like a five mile radius of here. And it just goes straight to Wall Street. This one, 45 minutes. 
drive at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a nice ride. Is there a lot of people with scooters and bikes that they take up to? A couple. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, I flagged down a guy yesterday. I was like, how many miles are you getting out of this little, yeah, you know, just skateboard-style scooter, yeah. you know? And he's like, I get about 15 miles out of it. So, you know, depending on where you're burning around for the day. And Yeah, it's not bad. Of course, he was walking yeah. it up the hill yeah. that we were on, yeah. so. I don't think it'd be driving my big ass around. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might not get 15 miles out. Yeah. Seven, maybe. <laughs> in the city now, you know, you, they have the city bikes. And I think, I don't, do they have scooters in New York? Uh, like that you could just jump on? I don't know. Yeah, yeah they definitely the city have city bikes. bikes. Yeah. This morning, we were, yeah. was right, or yesterday, it was right where we were at. Yeah, so we saw a couple of people, like, we'd get off the ferry, and then they went right to the city bikes, got a bike, and then they probably bike over to their yeah. office or whatever. That's yeah, like the hotel only had about 15 parking spots in the bottom there. I guess most people probably mm-hmm. get a cabin or whatever. Uber, train. Yeah, Uber, yeah. 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 It was definitely uh, tight. The ferry's nice though. It's like, you know, it's 150 feet long, got nice chairs, tables. So you can actually TVs. do a little bit of work. And stuff oh yeah. Water. It's a smooth yeah. ride. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's not choppy at all. Really. And it's hmm. like a, it's jet propulsion. So it's like a big jet ski and it's a catamaran. So it just cuts through. It's nice. nice. Yeah. So yeah. So when our New York customers see the big BK coming through on his scooter. <laughs> I'll be hauling Ed on the back from Hayflip. <laughs> Look at you. Know, the, the funniest thing we saw, these two big ass guys. freaking running. <laughs> Yeah. Ed taught us the, the subway uh, transfer. Yeah. You got to jump on like, you know, the, the IRT to get up to Hayfler's office. Okay. Yeah, so it's it? another 15 minutes or so. Take the the three, two or the three. Yeah. To 14th and then the one. The 23rd. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty crazy how, what it takes to get in there. Yeah. You got to really know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't, you know, you don't want to look too, uh, <laughs> yeah, green. Yeah, be <laughs> looking around like, oh golly, geez, uh, look at this guy, just like I pictured it. <laughs> yeah, and then you have the others. I wonder how big his wallet is. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Fortunately, we don't look like we have much. <laughs> <laughs> we did say though, you know, so we we were there uh, two weeks ago to help him out install that stuff, and then. The following week, we were there for the uh, lighting class, and like no crazy people on the subway no. at all. We had a None. couple, you know, a couple of subway rides, nothing sketchy at all. Hmm. We only really saw one down and out homeless person, yeah, like passed out, face down kind of thing. <laughs> um, other than that, it, it was pretty respectable. It was, you know, a little, little dirty as far as right. like the, the street debris and stuff like that, but. Um, I mean, granted, we were in pretty good neighborhoods, too. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But um, yeah, if you get into some of the shadier. Yeah, we were um, in Wall Street and Flatiron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect too much sketchiness yeah. there. I thought at least on the subway, maybe. Yeah. Because you know, people I've, are passing through. But yeah, yeah, it was. Never been on that. Oh, you've never been on the subway. Never been on the subway. It's, it's not anything. I mean, like. Uh, um, What's uh, Jimmy uh, Duresta's brother's name again? John? John. Yeah. This guy we know, he was a transit cop mm. in New York in oh, the yeah. 80s. And um, when we went up to uh, Maker Camp, which you guys probably should 
check out. Oh yeah. Um, the eighties the were prime time for storytelling. Like if you lived in New York and you rode the subways and did everything. And so we were, we were just laughing at each other's stories because there was just so much hmm. stuff that you, you, you know, it's like a skit. Like mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live, the, the yeah. ridiculousness and stuff like yeah. that. You think somebody made it up, but it was all right. Real, right? It's like, yeah. you know, it's like you get on the subway and it's like, oh, look, there's a seat. And then you go over there like, hmm, no, uh, somebody decided they would have to go to the bathroom. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doesn't look so enticing now. Yeah, right. Right. I'm just standing. No wonder everybody is on this side <laughs> of the car. Like, you know, this, what, this is what would be your daily thing. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, pretty funny because I was saying to Derek, I was like, yeah, some of the areas, it's, it looks a little sketchy going in. I'm, I'm typically not. I grew up working in the city and stuff. Uh-huh. So I really wasn't, you know, scared of that kind of stuff. And he's like, dad, you're the 250 pound tattooed guy. Yeah. Come in. Yeah. I don't think they're looking at you sideways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to attack him or is he going to attack us? <laughs> I said, yeah, good point. <laughs> when you walk in the subway car, everybody looks down. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so that's my territory. So, yeah. <laughs> so coming from here, leaving the ferry. I, yeah. yeah, what was it? Ed was saying, because, uh, you know, he used to be a salesman and he had parts of the city. I forget where he said it was like a real rough neighborhood. Mm. And, you know, like the school. Oh, up in uh, the Bronx. The school would let out. Yeah, and, and yeah. And just be like a sea of unruly kids. And he's like, yeah. I'm going to have to change like the timing <laughs> as to when yeah. I go to yeah. these shops. Yeah. It was up in the Bronx. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, there was so many, there were some scams like, um, you know, in traffic, you know, you always had the squeegee guys and everything like that, but they always had these people selling stuff like, um, this is back when cordless phones for your house was like a novelty oh, yeah, thing. That was- so they had them in boxes, but they were, they, what they do is they get a shrink wrapper. And so, you know, they're out there hawking this stuff and it's basically a box with, you know, scraps of wood or something inside. Oh, it's, just, it's just shrink wrapped to so look like nothing. it's brand new, oh, wow. you know. That was the hustle for the corner. That was the hustle. <laughs> nobody could get turned around fast enough to actually, yeah. By no, the time it'd be, no, you'd be done. You're not going <laughs> to come back and argue. <laughs> yeah, it's coming through uh, the expressway there and you like the, when you just come into the city, out from along island and, mm-hmm. and you have the ladies that are yeah, standing the, on the concrete jersey barrier you know selling drinks and stuff and yeah. it's like this is pretty sketchy yeah. you just had to come across four pretty crazy lanes of traffic to get over here to begin with yeah you know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah we have to take the bqe we don't get to see those sites. no oh that's right because of the van yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. uh um yeah it was I mean, it's again, it's it seems more innocent than, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though there was all this kind of craziness going on, like um, when you'd use the ATM, they were always open and somebody was always holding the door open because they knew you were getting cash. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. So, oh, here you yeah. go. Come on in. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Let me help you <laughs> out. <laughs> 
I have to remember all these things. I'm going to have to get a Cliff Notes book. Yeah. From you know? <laughs> <laughs> like I've been on the outskirt edges of a lot of stuff. So it's like, yeah. you know, you know, going in, you know, a couple of places I've gone in, I was like, yeah, I got to rethink this one a little bit. How am I going to get in here? I was like, I'll wait till it's summer and I, I don't have to worry about walking, you know, yeah, a lot of places. And I was just trying to even get a place to pay to park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that you can even attack an area. It's pretty, I know, I know. But um, even to some of my other territories, you know, I was just in one kind of suburbs of like Stowe, Massachusetts, and it was an old factory. And there was literally the one building had like six guys in it, different, all, all four floors. And actually one of the like floors was split in half with just the makeshift plywood wall. You could see right over, oh, it, you yeah. know, so <laughs> they had shops on either side, two different guys and. You know, the next building had three shops in there and four floors again. Very convenient. Yeah. And it was funny because the first guy I went into, he's like, oh, let me show you around. You got to see that such and such over here. And mm-hmm. he's on the second floor. And then this guy's on the third floor at the other end of the building. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it was, it was pretty crazy. It was neat how everybody was, you know, everybody had their own work. Yeah. You know, and it was just like, and they were actually, this guy, he goes, yeah, I give him like five bucks that I can go over and use his. You know, I don't have that edge sander. So I go over there and, you know, for that's a handy. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so they worked together pretty well. It was, was kind of neat. Hmm. You know, one guy just did finishing on the one floor and he was finishing for all the other guys. Yeah. So it was like, well, where do you, he goes, oh, well, Joe over here. And then, uh, Elwood down there, I, I do all his finishing work. So it, you know, it makes sense because they were networking within this building. And that's that, pretty cool. Yeah. That would be a good, uh, like a co-op. Yeah. Pin yeah. out like if, if you were a finisher and you, you know, you know that there's all these guys working there, you go, Hey, how about yeah. I move in here? Yeah, it'd be a good know. place to set up. Yeah. And it really makes sense. Cause most of them were working by themselves or just like another helper. Mm-hmm. You know, it really wasn't, everybody was really one, one man band type yeah. stuff. So. That was like that maker space that we, that's where we yes, bought that dust collector. Um, army, uh, army term, army terminal. Term- is that what they call it? Yeah. yeah or army yard. Um, yeah, you could rent <clears throat> like a little cubicle or they had, uh, what they call them? Studios. Yeah. Like a, little, like a room, like a little 12, hmm. 10 by 12. Smaller room. than this. Yeah. But they were wow. guys that like, they work out of that. You know, they yeah. have like some shared machines and you can have your own stuff in your own space. Um, but yeah, like there's guys like yeah. running businesses out of those like they stores. had a shop that's like our old shop. Okay. And yeah. With, you know, they got a table saw and a band saw and a drill press and. You have access to um in the one across the street they had a CNC, a flatbed CNC. Oh yeah, yeah. Some lasers, uh like a Tormac, you know, like uh what do you call that? Is that like a you know, like a metal five axis? Oh yeah. Like enclosed CNC. Hmm. Um welding stuff. And you know, you get access to different stuff based on how much you pay. Per month. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, huh. yeah. Huh. you have the base model where you know you just get the table saw and all the stuff in there. <laughs> you got to bring your stuff and take it home. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who does the programming on a, like a five-axis machine. Does the guy have to learn how to do that himself? Or? I, That's I a good question. Might, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Huh. Probably comes with the cost of things. Yeah, it's probably right. somebody yeah. that oh, you got a program yeah. that's going to be. You're going to pay a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I think the base number was like three hundred a month. Yeah, and that was just just to come in there. Yeah, and just use like the basic wood shop type tools. Hmm. And everything that's kind of a neat neat that's, idea. That's really. a neat yeah. idea. I mean, three hundred like a month. Type thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was funny. I was up in Passaic a couple of weeks ago, and I knew this shop was here, but in our system, somebody, it never got put in that this company's on the fourth floor of this building. So, like, the address is just, like, unified. Like, there's a Mexican restaurant uh, store there, trucking, mechanics, and then in nestled in this whole thing, I had to go down this car and a half wide alley. It was a dead end. And uh, like, I just was aimless to go. There's no signs or anything. Good place to get I opened this, yeah, right. I <laughs> opened this door to the stairwell and it's just like, yeah, there's just birds in here and everything else. I'm like, there can't be anything in here. Start going up. I start hearing machines running. Well, I get to the second floor. There's a shop there. There's a shop on the third floor and um, big shops. And then I get all the way to the fourth floor and it's just like, wow, this hmm. is. You know, they have elevator access? I think they have like a freight elevator, mm. you know, that went in, but yeah. they were just, they had brought a, bought a used uh, edge banner, pretty good size unit. And they had to get a crane and everything to bring it up and, you know, open the backside of the, the building up. And we and, saw we had problems. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it was, that's where they move them in those high, high rises in New York city. They would just knock a hole in the wall, crane it in and hook it how, up. How do you get it? Like, it had to like swing in, you know, because you can only get so much of. Yeah. It, some of the stuff is articulating, but depends. What was, what, who was telling us that story with the uh, downtown, the, the, the CNC router was delivered. And yeah, there was a, uh, I don't remember who the supplier was, but somebody told me a story. They sold a CNC router to somebody in New York city and they hired a rigger to move it in. It was a machine showed up, the rigger showed up, the rigger didn't realize it was like on the fifth floor. So he just left. So the machine's there, and there's a rigger. I don't know if you ever heard of Pedowitz. Mm-hmm. He's a big-time rigger from New York City. Uh, and, that might uh, have been who we reached out to about picking up the machines uh, from IRS. Yeah, so he uh, they called him, and he's he's been around a long time, so he's connected. He called the cops. They shut down the street. He pulls up with his crane, picks it up, puts it in the hole in the wall, and, and he left. <laughs> I'm sure the bill was pretty big. but uh, Yeah, yeah Scotty, like the emergency uh, locksmith. It's just the price to go pick up two machines in Pennsylvania for us was like something crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. It was like six times what we paid. Yeah. 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 Well, freight and rigging is expensive. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Scotty's, I know Scotty Padowitz, the Mm -hmm. owner, and uh, he's not bashful, but he's good. Yeah. That's what you need a lot of times though. Yeah. Yeah. Ours was a pretty simple, you know, they, they would have, taking it off and put it in here and everything. We had to do all that, but yeah, we just paid some guy with a trailer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You make sure you get an extra bonus when it actually shows up. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot That's of hot, extra. Hot if it has show. to actually show up, you picked it up. Yeah. Actually, yeah. luckily IRS auctions, they referred us to like a, um, what would you call it? It's like a broker. Yeah, trucking, yeah, exactly. Broker. Yep. Yeah. So then they got us in touch with somebody else. And there's a lot of the, they call them hot shots and mm-hmm. they have a pickup truck yeah. with a trailer behind them, yep. you know, bring your stuff over. We use those sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. That worked out nice. But then when we sold the edge bander, the guy just hired some guy with a trailer. So he brings like a, like a car trailer, I guess, kind of. Yeah. Car, but, you know, landscapey kind of thing. No, landscapes hot- have the. Yeah, the, those hotshot trailers have, you know, the the flatbed, the wheels are below it. That's right, right. This, the wheels were above it. So oh, wow. Yeah. It made for, for a very difficult... We had to have all these all this blocking so we could, you know, set it down with the forklift so it would be higher than the... 
and get it real well. So he like took the fenders off. off. Yeah. Wow. Um, it was a mess. Cool. Yeah. But uh, it, that edge bander ran like a dream that that day. I mean, the sun and was shining on us. All <laughs> the stars, stars aligned for. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we still came out in the red, but yeah, but not so not so bad. It was, it made it palatable. Yeah, I mean, it was worth it was worth the five hundred bucks that we sold. It. Yeah, um, just in scrap metal. Yeah, yeah probably yeah. worth about three fifty. <laughs> right, and they got rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that a lot of times is half the battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to get rid of it too to make room. Yeah. yeah, couldn't house it. I mean, we did spend about ninety minutes with that guy with the trailer. Yeah. it was like must have been his first time ever loading something, <laughs> strapping he, it down. Yeah, he, he had to unwrap his new uh, ratchet strap. Ratchet strap. <laughs> was, that was a signal. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, but he said they dropped it unloading it. Yeah. yeah. So that was see. The whole thing went our way because now anything that was wrong with the machine could be blamed on <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that was the rigger's fault. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was really Usually meant to dropping be. dropping a machine doesn't do very well for it. Yeah. Messing up. Especially something like that with all those moving parts and mm-hmm. the delicate electrics and the pneumatics. Yeah. Might as well just call the scrap guy right then. Yeah, yeah. Just come Hey, this it. thing's over on Pine and Hearst. Can you? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you think I could use it just to put the edge banding on and then I'll do all the trimming and everything by hand? I'm like, hey, you knock yeah, yourself out. Yeah, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> like for, you know, for 500 bucks, you could probably you know, get like a little. What was that? Mix- Ma- Maxiwa? Maxiwa, yeah. yeah. Even that was more than 500, but still. Yeah. I mean the festival one for for a couple grand. I mean it worked well for us for a long time. Yeah, yeah I mean we did some jobs. We did yeah. sizable jobs with that thing. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't always come out, you know, perfect, perfect. No. But the funniest it, thing is when we were firing up that that Monday and running, and you're looking at the end, and it's like I don't even have to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because the, it's the post work that's really the, oh, the yeah. and you can never labor. get it. You can never. It's get never it. like that. No, the no. best case scenario with the and the festival is a great machine. I yeah. mean, it's it's a nice machine, but it it just doesn't come out like the you know the edge no. bander. Too much user input, you know. Yeah, right. you're physically feeding this thing in, and any little. Variation in pressure. You yeah, know, you're trying that. to like be as consistent as possible. You're all tensed up. You're like <laughs> <laughs> you trip over the extension cord. Oh, and yeah. I mean everything. You're just like you're holding your breath the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like you get, get the, a good you get a good run. You're like, <sighs> and if it's a wide piece, you know you're you're trying to feed this thing, and you're really far from yeah. the machine, and it's brutal. Well, you made the right choice. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've we've run a decent amount of banding. I mean, like we said when we bought it, like we go through periods where we'll edge band a lot, and then it's going to sit for for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. the only thing I've been edge banding is this stuff for my kitchen. Um, but this pre finished cherry, I mean, we haven't had to touch anything. Everything that's come off of it, it's way it should be. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's all in the tuning. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, I get into so many places that they just could have it tuned better, but they're just scared to or not making the adjustments and 
they're wasting so much tail end time, you know, going that's the joy every the, you know, of not having to do all that. <laughs> the object the, is to go from bander to assembly, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, those are the little things that uh, I was just in a shop uh, one day, end of the day. And, Problems with an older Bander, you know, it was like a 2007 model. And, you know, I, I ran through a couple of things with them and throwing all kind of error codes and, you know, all the, you know, I'm looking at it, all the pads are, you know, worn to the bare minimum. It's barely dragging this thing over the metal, <laughs> you know, part of the Bander and, you know, they're running three millimeter and I'm like, everything that was coming off, I was like, oh my God, I was like, I can't believe you guys are doing, and they were running a lot of work, but I they were just spending days yeah yeah going through stuff and they like building like office furniture they mostly mostly uh medical so pretty much everything is like three millimeter like those are like the only areas where you see that like i I don't feel like even the two millimeter was thick yeah yeah and really today you can get away most most everybody even the big manufacturers are, are going to two mil one or two mil you know three mil is is you know, you need one heck of a machine to really, if you're going to do any type of production work, right. you know, cause it's just, it doesn't seem like much, but that extra banding and just trying to get it straightened out within the machine, yeah. you know, it, it just takes really to do it well, a whole different animal, mm-hmm. you know, that you can feel comfortable with your work. Going yeah. On. We you just know. got some, uh, inch and five ace, one millimeter riffs on white Oak. We, we have like a bunch of inch and a half, um, stuff we need to do for to match this apartment in Hoboken. So yeah. that'll be cool to run through there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, the thing with the edge bander is it kind of having it, even if it's not being used, you know, every single day, it, it's there to, you know, sort of um, create this opportunity for us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we can bid on work and accept work with this machine in our shop. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you can't go in the other direction. You got to take the risk. Yes. It is kind of what we did. You know, we bid this, that (laughs) the job that we banded, you know, on the setup day, it's like we, we bid that job under the pretense that we were going to buy an edge bander. Um, And it worked out. Yeah, it did. With your help. Yeah, good. Here again, that's what we're here for. That's right. <laughs> Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. We're still- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that made the excitement of the job a little yeah. bit more. You mm-hmm. know, with that compressor. Yeah, that's yeah. what was amazing. Really, yeah. that twenty-four that, gallons. That compressor. I can't say enough about that compressor. Yeah, I I love that thing. <laughs> you know, I I mean, I hate it, but I admire it. I'll say. It it did more than I thought it would do. Yeah. You know. And that was after we just did those boxes, you know, like 10 days of it running straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, with the laser. Yeah. yeah. And we did a thousand boxes in the fall. So it was like double that. It was like three weeks of uh, just like basically running eight hours a day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to stand by it. Waiting for, <laughs> waiting for something to blow off. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and... It runs great. Yeah. Yeah. But that Quincy is. Is another animal. Yeah. And we got that for a song. So. It's the Quincy's like half the volume, it seems, as that machine. Yeah. And you hear it, it hasn't even come on. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, that's. You're powered up and have that. 
standby of the volume is what's yeah. really mm -hmm. key to that. Just relying on pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the three with the three-quarter line going over there straight to the edge banner. Cool. Did it just like you taught us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been any big projects you guys got coming up? Uh so we just ordered all those doors for a kitchen um down in Brick, which is like uh half hour south of here. Um, with a designer who we've worked with. Um, I mean, I've known her since like 2015, 2016. You probably, yeah. Was that the first job you worked on her with? Yeah, with docking? the docking, yeah. yeah. And that's where Rob and I met, actually. Um, so this is our first big job with her, which is good. She she went out on her own like maybe about a year ago. Oh, good. Um, so it's good. We've been trying to foster this relationship for a while. She finally went out on her own, so she's got a little more freedom now. Um we're doing that. We're going to have the all the boxes cut by a guy up in Connecticut on the CNC. So start trying out something new. Yeah, this is a sort of a, a not experimental, but it's right. it, it could be a um, you know another avenue for us. This is what we're trying to develop. Yeah, I mean, if we can bust out a kitchen with this format in call it two weeks, right? Versus him and I doing it and it's going to be 12 weeks because we're building all the doors we're cutting all the boxes by hand, doing all the boring, everything, building the drawer boxes. Um, you know, it, it would be nice to be able to do that. Yeah. That's people. There's more people that want this kitchen that we're building than the way we do it in house. Yeah. And there's more money at the end of the right day left for us in this style. Yep. I mean, the, there's nothing like doing it the other way, you know, where you're gray matching everything and look at this door and look at this drawer and blah, 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 blah. And, but yeah, I got my, <laughs> I have eight doors and four drawer heads in there that I have. I don't even know how many hours I have into them for my kitchen. It's a lot. It's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I mean, we used to measure it uh, in months to do a kitchen. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was, yeah, I mean, the price from Meridian for, I don't know how many doors and, and fillers and panels and. Yeah, it's 62 or three openings. Mm -hmm. So it's not even counting the moldings. Well, it does include the panels. Right. But it doesn't include any of the moldings or the fillers. So really, what you really need, what, what is the unit that you're looking at? The to help you cut all those panels. <laughs> <laughs> the street big compact <laughs> vertical panel saw. Yeah. That would help out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And like we said, we, you know, we're just getting into this software um, yeah. that's Mosaic. perfect for this style of work. It doesn't do everything that fusion does, Yeah, but for yeah. this kind of casework thing. Oh yeah. It works really well for, yeah, it's for that type of work and, renditions and stuff are pretty good yeah not not again it's not as good as fusion yeah but it's it's good enough and it's, it's well it's designed for that happy medium between everything but really for the production side of things. yeah and that's where you're gonna i mean it you can put your pricing in there for the doors for for everything yeah. it'll spit out a number too you know yeah, yeah the more you load the front end of the machine. That's what I'm just learning now with, you know, you, so you put your material costs and everything in there. So 
now when you're designing that kitchen, you have a good idea. Oh, wow. It's, you know, I'm going to have 40 sheets in this, mm -hmm. you know, and here's my price of those 40 sheets, you know? So yeah. it's, and the more you stay on top of that side of it, you know, that's going to make the tail end of your job so much faster and easier because yep. you, you yeah. can get it at a glance. So right. You, you know, it's great it's, for estimating. So too. when you go into your cut list on there, you know, and you basically just do a simulation of what the, what it's going to look like and then what kind of waste and things mm -hmm. that it's figuring out already. So then you can say, okay, well, you know, that job, that material is a little temperamental. So we're probably going to need about three or four more sheets, you know, yeah. just with, with a waste factor that mm -hmm. may happen. And then have all your costing already because you can just add those yeah. to it and it and it throws that in there. It's now, got course, that great what if selection. Yeah. Like it gets you your price and then there's a button that literally says what, what if. if. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> what if times four? Yeah. <laughs> what if, you know, you change uh, frame and panel to slab MDF? What, you know, so, uh, you know, you change like the pearl opening thing. So you yep. change a few parameters and it all of a sudden hmm. kicks it out. Yeah. yeah. So well. That's where you're really going to find that you can, you know, give your customer some options. <clears throat> Plus it's already given you the, you know, the door. So yeah. whatever door, if you're subbing out the door, you know, it, it's already giving you that size to be able to give to that manufacturer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm been trying to go at it pretty heavy, you know, it takes me a little bit longer to pick up computer stuff. Yeah. Um, well, don't be afraid, like, uh, to get an hour or two yeah. with, like, like the trainer that we used to use was Michael, and he was out of, you know, Canada. And uh, well, the guy his father had, had, a full, yeah. had a full shop, yeah. you know, and then, so he knows it. Yeah. You know, and then you can, you know, the nice thing with that is, you know, they record that yes. whole session. Yeah. And then you can just go back to it. So everything that's being done on your screen with him, um, you know, is saved mm -hmm. and you can see exactly mm -hmm. how you set the parameters up. Yeah. We had like a 90 minute, they give you like a 90 minute intro. They set up, you know, help you set yeah. up your library and stuff. Yeah. What's a guy's name? David Skinner. Yeah. He's a closet guy. He sounded like he was from Canada. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. I mean, after doing a job now, I'd love to, you know, do that again. You know, it's like every job I'd want to do that kind of thing, you know, because like today I just figured out, like the multi-print, the multi-print He's, um, I sent up the multi-print to the CNC guy. He's like, Oh, it's blank. I'm like, Oh, so I went through it. I'm like, what's going on here? Oh, you got to drag this to, you know, from the little, I see it up here on the left, but how come the, the main sheets are blank? Yeah. You didn't know you had to drag them over. <laughs> yeah. It's I those just, little things that you learn as you're going. Right. Now we always liked it. I thought it was a great program and very versatile and, mm -hmm you know, was relatively easy to learn. Yeah. We're more from the free drawing school. Yeah. That's yeah. why we see it as somewhat limited in that regard. Right. But well, you can go in you can pick off any part mm -hmm. then and do modifications to yeah. it, you know, so you can, if you got, you know, cabinet three and you want to put, you know, outlet cutouts or something oh, in yeah, the sides yeah, of yeah. that, that's very easy to do. But if you're not running to a CNC, it's, you know, really not. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, getting into the shape editor and, you know, the, that feature where you could, yep. you know, sort of draw. Well, and if you're sending some of those parts and you're sending it to your buddy with the CNC, some of the other stuff, too, you could put in there. If you need templates or something for, 
you know, say a countertop end or something mm-hmm. like that, that you were doing, you can add that to your parts list when you send it to them. And that would be your template, Yeah, you know, coming in for whatever. So, you know, keep that in mind as you're doing it. Cause that's a great way of saying, Hey, I'm already yeah. doing all that. And I needed these three inch radiuses and this big sweeping arc or what have you. Yeah. Cause it's by the, you know, he charges by the sheet. So yeah, we'll see where there's a little waste will fit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Why not? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> And then you can yeah, kind of see a couple of those panels are big. So like 20 to 24, there's only like one piece on, mm-hmm. on each of those. Mm-hmm. And there's all this waste. Cause I was checking it out. I want to see like, <laughs> and, and, cause well, it shows you the percentage waste of the, right. or the percentage, not waste. And then you can there. change that as well. Yeah. Quite a yeah. bit depending on what, it, what you're doing. So, yeah, I think he has a Rover. Oh, I, think I was looking on his website. We have a nice used rover. Yeah. <laughs> Low hours and pretty nice machine. <laughs> it yeah. is. It's it's funny. I think that's a 2019 with only like 420 hours on company that it, it came from. They just did this one little cutting board thing and they just found that they could buy the part out, you know, for there the amount go. of time they had somebody just, they were running very limited. And, mm. it's, and it's a well-equipped machine, like 12 tool changer, 21 spindle drill blocks. You know, what's something like that go for? I think we have that. We just price dropped that. 65 maybe. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot cheaper than I would expect. Yeah. What, what do they do? Quarter million? No, not that one. Uh, no. That one's probably 120 maybe. 130. Hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. So, like compared yeah, to like, price. like a five by 10 Laguna flatbed, you know, you're talking like 50,000. Right. So just for like a little bit more than twice, you get something that's so much more capable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the nice thing, the way that one's set up, it's a four by eight machine, but it actually has um, four zones of pins. So you can actually operate it all four zones at one time with a zero, zero point. So your pop-up pins, you could be locating four different style parts. So you can actually run that like a point to point style machine. And, you know, position a lot of stuff. So, you know, say you were, you were cutting, you know, a big job and you only just really wanted to send your slides to it. You know, you could be doing it that way for drilling operations and what have you. And then still your, all your other parts are not being cut and wasted. Is that how you locate the sheet? There's pins that come up. And and the better you are at that, that zero, zero point, um, you know, with your pop-up pins and what have you. And if you're, you know, a lot of guys will use the rest of the table, but you're kind of positioned. Do you have to like drag on your sheet over and kind of position it? And then you might have some more wasted material where this way you're cutting, you know, with like a Strebig, you know, and then you can just insert those parts to those whatever location and you could be pendulum. So you could put four parts on that machine and then it just goes and hits those four parts, you know, and you could unload you know, as, as oh, it's got so four zero points. Correct. So, so when it finishes one and moves to two, you're just putting a new part on one. Exactly. It's going to keep working its way around. Yeah. So, and a lot of machines don't have those features. So you're getting into a pretty industrial style machine with, you know, especially with, with the 12 position tool changer yeah. as well, you know, allows you to do more things with hardwood and things like that, that, you know, you might be limited, you know, say you were making some arched stuff and you said, Oh, yeah. I want to kind of keep that, tooling set up and you know i just have that in there and we can jump into it you know if you're figure out what if you're doing regular 
regular what kind of air and dust collection does a machine like that call for? Uh, dust collection on that, what are you thinking on the CFM? It's probably. It's not a lot, probably 2,000 maybe. Hmm. But in uh, your air, like you're pretty good now with air. It's not a lot of air on that. Yeah, I think we're at 22 CFM. You know, one of the other things that we were talking before about between, you know, sawing stuff or routing stuff, you know, when you go into routing nested base, um, especially it becomes an issue when you're grain matching. Mm. Now you're taking really might as well figure, you know, a half inch swath between those drawers or what have you, where, you know, in the panel saw, you're taking an eighth inch yeah, and you're much closer to what the grain should look like matched up. You know? Even these doors that I just built, there's only one eighth inch saw blade between. <laughs> and you, st- you can and still can see it sometimes. Yeah. 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 So you know, if it's like a big cathedral, you know, it really gets offset. So that'll save the space too with the, with the street, but you got the six, Base savings, and it gives us more room. We can put that CNC in. Yeah, <laughs> who's giving away See, the CNC? We're, See, we're, we're building on the shop. You know, I'm looking out for you. you know? We have like, to put it upstairs. <laughs> you hear that CNC companies? You got to have a contest yes. now. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> They're plugging away for the next machine. I tell you, you should uh, take a little trip down the Long Branch and plug that CNC machine down yeah. there. He's he's. Chomping at the bit for something like that. I mean, man, 65K for that rover. That sounds like a deal. It is a deal. It really is. I mean, it's because, you know, when you get into the lesser machines, you're not talking longevity. Mm-hmm. And then you have more things. Your repeatability. Yeah. That's what a lot of people don't realize. So, you know, if you're talking about a $50,000 machine, a lot of times you're going to have repeatability issues from one corner to the other height differences. Oh, you know, that's those, the stuff that's maddening. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, depending on what you're trying to machine, it can really throw you a lot of curves. I mean, so. that's why you spend the money because you want repeatability. <laughs> right. We, we want predictability, repeatability. That's what makes our lives easy. Is, I want know. that here and I want it at home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting it at home. So at least I want it here. I want make that sure get it here. Work, damn it. Because when I come home, it's all hell breaks loose. <laughs> My wife wants to know why I wake up at four thirty in the morning. It's like, well, because nobody else is up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Last shot, we were just that. I was talking to the assistant foreman, and, and he was saying, he goes, "Yeah, we start at six, but you know, I'm up at four. I was like, "Yeah, I have a big commute." He goes, "No, you don't understand. I get up at four. I get my shower. Yeah, I make my breakfast. I watch my news for the day. Yeah. You know, I start looking at you know, whatever else." And he said, and "Then I just I have a seven minute commute." Yeah. So wow, he's yeah. a kindred spirit. Yes. We got to yeah. get linked up with this guy. Yeah, yeah, because like I go to bed, like 8, 8.30, I'm getting ready for bed. You know, yeah. depending on like my wife and I will be watching something on TV. And it's like, no, no, I don't have time for that because I'm going to be, I'm going to go to bed at 8. I got my book, you know, I'll read for a half yeah. hour. But 8.30, I want to be, you know, lights out. It's <laughs> like, why you got to go to bed? So why are you waking up so early? Why do you got to do it? Like you can Ain't stay up later. Like, no, 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 That's no time. Yeah. Rob you time. don't get it. If I stay up later, it's you and me. But in the morning, that's me. That's, that's me, all yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four o'clock. That's when I get up. Four o'clock every day. Even on the weekend. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's a good cycle. Yeah. Then I, I hear that rustling upstairs. I'm like, all right, here it goes. 
<laughs> Got to get off the work. Peace is <laughs> over. And I love my wife. You know what I mean? So I, you know, but it's just, it's one of those things. Yeah. Just, I can't deal with the wife in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> my son, you know, he's typically, he's still asleep, but if he wakes up, it's like, I can deal with him. But my wife's just, uh, she wakes up and she's like ready to go, you know, immediately mile talking to mile. Oh, my, like, the same thing. That's I'm like, why this I was is like, too was much like, oh. for me. Wow. It's like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> she came home last work. night, you know, and it's like eight something. She's a, ha- a hairdresser. So she gets home late and she, I'm watching something on YouTube She's just like, I'm like, this is like, you're here right now. I'm yeah. here. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm ready to fall asleep. You know, if I was asleep already, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. Oh man. That's the way it is. Yeah. It's a good show. What's the name going to be of this show? That's we had the cool one, mm. the hot rods and edge banners. We yeah. Didn't really. We didn't touch on any of that stuff. We no, were, I don't know. We got a long one. We're at two two hours thirty six minutes. Oh man, yeah. we're we're like wow. Rogan territory. Yeah. People yeah, getting their it. money's worth out of this one. That's there you right. Go. <laughs> People like the long ones. Yeah, I did get the tunnel hall working pretty good though. So yeah. I don't know if you saw any of the pictures. Oh, you're not on Facebook, really. No, and no. I don't know if that went over to Instagram or not. So yeah, we're we got the the twenty one Daytona hooked up, and so far I'm at eighty eight mile an hour. So. Wow. We're still tuning. So. <laughs> I still can't get away from my adrenaline rush. That's no. my biggest thing. I've been at a adrenaline junkie for all these years. And mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah. You ever uh, try kite surfing? No, yeah, because I'm scared of heights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a, we got a great story with Ryan, oh, our yeah. other salesman that, uh, what was the name of that peach tree in Atlanta? It's a uh, peach tree towers. It's the, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Atlanta. It's the round hotel. Uh, no, I've only been to like uh, kind of by the Brave Stadium. We went to like a like a trade show kind of thing over there. Yeah, this is right downtown uh, next to the convention, near the convention center. And we took a customer out uh, for dinner, and they have a revolving uh, mm. restaurant at the top, which doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't move. Um, somebody said somebody got hurt on it or something. I don't know, but it doesn't <laughs> go around anymore. <clears throat> but anyway, we had uh, one of our salesmen is scared of heights, and he didn't tell me that. I made the reservation because the restaurant's really good. And he got on the elevator and he just stared at the door. And meanwhile, two of our service techs were his son and, and Kyle, the other uh, tech were, oh, look at that. Look how far up we are. This is great. And he's just. Well, it's one of those outdoor elevators. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we, he got off the elevator and he ran right in and, and I kept. I, I sat him so he was facing away from the windows. Mm-hmm. He was facing, but that didn't matter. Thought he's gonna fall back. Oh, he was just terrified. How what many floor? stories is that? Oh, I don't know. That's got to be what fifty, sixty, maybe. Oh, it's, I didn't realize it was wow. that big. It's yeah. way up there. Yeah, I'd be yeah. scared too. Me and me and Ryan be huddled in the corner. <laughs> there's a thing with heights. Like I don't like heights either, but there's like a cutoff point where it doesn't get where it's not scary anymore. Like once you get yeah. over a certain height, I feel like. Because yeah. then it's like an unreal height where it's, you know, it's context. You lose the, you're going to pass out in those first four stories. At the yeah. Fall. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to be on the top of the roof of my house, but I'll go on the top of like, you know, I don't want to be outside, yeah. but like, you know, on the top of the Eiffel Tower is fine. Yeah. I did some work. I think it was like 101 Hudson or 100 Hudson, or one of those addresses in Jersey City. And the apartment was on the 47th floor. And they had the windows that go like, you know, literally to the floor. 
I was like, I, I would not be comfortable living here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like this. Hmm. It takes a certain person for that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It was a good day. Yeah. What do you think? You guys, you guys want to, uh, you have any shots, parting bits of wisdom? Call rtmachine.com. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's We're right. your guys, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, remind everybody what your service area is. Well, you, uh, we cover anything in the country as far as our used equipment mm-hmm. and out of the country. But as far as our new equipment and, and uh, being able to reasonably get our service techs here, we're Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, Virginia, Ohio. That's kind of our main core region. We do a lot more new equipment in that area. But our techs, uh, I mean, Kyle's go, goes out to Texas. Uh, I mean, guys, we send our, uh, our Oliver guy anywhere, California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was Iowa. just out now, California. Yeah, yeah. So, and we do some service work for some of the manufacturers for Olmac. We do a lot of work for those guys, and so. But anyway, our our region is uh, northeast. Is, is, is our, a flat rate for service? Uh, I don't even know what they charge. I mean, it's so much an hour, and there's a travel time, mm-hmm. and there's stuff yeah. like that. There's a per diem, but they change it, and I don't keep up with it. So, yeah, it just depends. Each customer. Going by your zip code and your address. Yeah. 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 What's going on? And then we look at, you know, the scope of work that we're going to be doing. We try to pre quote, you know, a guesstimation. Yeah. So you can get an idea if somebody calls you up from Connecticut and says, hey, yep. my edge band is acting up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got the pain in the ass factor. You got to factor that in. <laughs> we have one of those. <laughs> yeah. The eighth floor to walk up, you said? Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, we'll make it, but we're not going to install it. We're going to leave it on the sidewalk. Yeah. If you're cool with that, we can Literally talk. tailgate delivery. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so don't be afraid to reach out. You know, uh, just because these guys are in Pennsylvania doesn't mean that, you know, they can't sell you a machine out in California or, or anywhere. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And sure. what, it's the largest used machinery facility in North America? Is that what it is? That's correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, if you can find somebody with more machinery, let me know. Uh, <laughs> I've been in most of these places. So. Uh-huh. We have a guy kind of, It's he doesn't really have any woodworking machinery. We're looking for a um, compressor. We found his information. He's in like... Is it Farmingdale? But he seemed to have a lot of weird mm. industrial stuff. Oh, there's a there's a guy in Ohio that has uh, a lot of industrial metalworking, and but as far as just concentrating on woodworking, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know anybody's got any more stuff than he does. So it's RT Machine, RTMachine.com. Yep. Yeah. All right, everybody can remember that. Yeah. Well, if not, it'll be. We'll put it down there in the description. There you go. Yeah. Anytime you always look up the American craftsman. And yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. This For your driving good. pleasure, wherever you are. You can yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you Let's see. Two hours and 45 minutes. We can make it. We can almost make it to Bridgehampton in the morning. Yeah. We left at four. Yeah. Yeah. The morning <laughs> ride is about an hour or so. Yeah. Shorter. Less, yeah. At the evening commute. Oh. Very good. Yeah. yeah, well, with that, thank, thank you guys everybody. for listening. Thanks yeah, for coming thank out, guys. Thanks for the yeah. opportunity. Always Appreciate a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Nice meeting yeah. you. Guys. And you guys are thinking about maybe doing a podcast, right? Yep. Yeah. The guys keep pushing me. They want to do it. Yeah. So uh Jill, I think, reached out to you. So yep. 
Yeah, we're going to try to figure it out. And yeah, I encourage you. Yeah. yeah. So when you guys do, let us know. We'll, we'll let all the listeners know. Yeah. You guys will have to tune and in. You guys can come over to our place. And yeah. Yeah. Do the opposite. Yeah. Right? How far are you from uh, Shady Maple? Shady Maple. Yeah, it's the, down. It's down like, south, right? Yeah. We're probably, because I'm about an hour and a half from my house, and that's like another 40 minutes. Oh, sh- it's not even in the neighborhood. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you guys be are coming north, out way north of Lancaster, right? We are. Yeah, yeah, we're north of Lancaster, north and west. Yeah, northwest. Oh, okay. So yeah. we're almost like you know Harrisburg's like central mm-hmm. PA, and we're almost like directly north. Correct. Of, of Harrisburg. Okay. Little west, but mostly directly north. I wonder if we could make uh, this the Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, Falling water, falling water, and what's the not something knob? Uh, That's way out west, isn't it? A tunish. Okay, so probably it's another, from us. another couple hours. That's where I would. So I would take PA Turnpike to Altoona, and then get on like sixty eight or wherever it was to get out to Morgantown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Uh, yeah, it's a nice area. Got a lot around us. Yep. All right, we're gonna have to make it out there. Yeah. Why not? We'll wine and dine you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You've been good to us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be tired after walking around 80,000 square feet. That's for sure. <laughs> well, thanks everybody. All right. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care. As always, Rob and I, thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next week. If you want to help support the podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple podcasts. Again, we appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in. 